And welcome back to the second episode of Ranked for this is the part two of the 2020 film ranking. If you haven't seen part one, you can watch the first one that came out a week ago where we ranked number 60 all the way to 31 for the best films of this year. Now we're at the good stuff. We, we had a lot to complain about before, but here we are to discuss number 30 all the way to the best film of the year. I would introduce Andrew and Tristan, but uh, you can listen to the intro in part one. Uh, we've already introduced these two guys, but let's get right into it. Do you guys have anything else to say? It's not much of a break for us, but do you have anything? I'm still ready to complain about more movies. And Tristan's still ready to complain about more. He's got some under his belt. A uh, pretty good segue here, Tristan, because at number 30, we have one that Tristan is not very high on. Oh. And... It's one of Tristan's last picks, if you infamously know from last part. Uh, most Tristans didn't do too well. And uh, honestly, I blame Tristan. I think Tristan's the setup of his own demise here because... Oh, I know the one then. Yeah. Here okay. we are at number 30. We have the 800. And the ranking we have for it here is I have it at number 19. Wow. Wow. Andrew has it at number 16. And Tristan has it at number 51. So this is yeah, interesting okay. bottom 10. In between the two parts, I looked at my list, right? Because last part, and trust me, more for this part, I'm, I, I'm really second-guessing myself on a lot of these. And this is one that right, at, right away, I'm like, wait a second. I have the 800 down in the 50s. <laughs> that's a wow, mistake. That's a hot so thing. I really screwed this one up. This one does not just, I, I think you guys have this maybe a little high. I didn't think it was quite that great. But I most definitely screwed this one up with 50. I think I, I lapsed when I was writing these down. I don't, I don't really know how it happened. Uh, I think I just really screwed this one up and misplaced it on my list. Uh, if I'm being real, I'd probably put this one somewhere around like 30. Like somewhere like mid-30 in my mind. I, I think this is like pretty good. But I didn't think it was like amazing. It most definitely is not 51. Um, I didn't add this to the list. I added it to the list before I even watched it though. So... You know, I had to list whether or not I liked it or not. I had to listen. This is the highest grossing movie of the year, actually. The 800 is by far the highest grossing movie of 2020. And so that's why I added it to the list. I felt that it's a movie that we should probably watch and talk about. And it's a, uh, a Chinese war movie about a, um, talking about the, you know, some sort of, who was, in, who was attacking them? I can't remember who was attacking them. I remember that they, they were, oh, oh the Japanese, Japanese, right? Yeah, Jap the Japan Japanese was attacking The Japanese were invading during World War II. And it was about a, uh, this last, one last stronghold before a major city. Was it Shanghai? I, can't I don't know the city name. I think it was. I think it that was. That sounds right. Yeah, I think it was Shanghai. And it was the one last outpost just before you crossed the river into Shanghai. And it was about them trying to protect uh, the city from the Japanese. And they, uh, it was a pretty good story. It was about, you know, of course, the, the story is that 800 people, you know, protected the city from the entire army of the Japanese. It, it was good. It most definitely is good. I put this one way too low by an accident. I think something happened. I don't know why or how it got that low. I screwed this one up. This is my biggest screw-up. Like, Tenet was a little low. I think a couple of my other ones were a little high. This is my biggest screw-up. This should not be 51. I think I, 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 I'm guessing I put it on my list pretty early. I'm like, oh, it's not quite as good as this one random movie that I put like right above it. And then every time I add another movie, like, oh, well, this movie is better than that movie, right? Not really comparing that movie to the 800 sort of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I don't quite know how it happened. But, uh, uh, Tristan, that. Tristan, you're, you're so silly. Uh, clearly, your biggest group was Kajillionaire, but uh, this one's pretty big too. No, no, no. Kajillionaire should be a little lower. 
Yeah, Tris was too I, soft. I, what on I think it. I did wrong, Quinta, was I swapped the two places. That's it. That's I, I it. Kajillionaire should be at 51, and this would be wherever Kajillionaire was. Yeah. I'm shocked that you put this one lower than Kajillionaire. Yeah, I thought you were going to be very high on this. I was expecting us to all really love this because Andrea and I were just blown away. I cannot stress this enough how much Andrew was dragging her feet to watch yeah, this. I did not want to watch this yeah, whatsoever. Two and a half action war film that's a foreign language. This is every tick <laughs> on Andrew's boxes of things she hates. Mm, yep. And for me, it's mostly all the ticks on my box as well. I like foreign films, but I do not like war movies and I do not like two and a half hours. So me and Andrew were really ready to just not be excited about this. I, I was really blown away. I was really thinking about this. This is my third favorite war film of all time. I, I really like this movie. For me, number one is 1917, and number two is Mulan. Uh, those, those two, uh, nowhere close. And this is the animated Mulan, not the one we discussed last podcast. Wait, wait, not the Mulan from 2020? That's not your, that's not your second favorite Yeah, Mulan. believe it or not. Yeah, not that Dang. one. But the 800 was just a really interesting story that I never heard of. I never heard of them having to lift this flag to send a message. Like, there's so many moments about this film that I didn't realize. I'm very naive to most things about the war. I don't really pay attention to that stuff. I'm not interested. But a lot of this is really cool. But what got to me, and something that I've never heard anybody talk about for this film, because I don't hear much buzz about it, but this has to be one of the most beautifully shot films. The cinematography is amazing. The tracking shots with the zoom-ins and the zoom-outs, the way that the camera moves across the scenes, like some of the shots, it's not a one shot like 1917, but there would be a scene where it's all one shot, where a scene where the camera moves across different people during this war, like this is much more action-packed than 1917. It's hard to do that choreography with a one shot, and they did it, and it was gorgeous, and I was, my breath was literally taken away at some of these moments overall it's still a war movie so it's 19 for me like it's still not my thing but this is as close as it gets for a war film like i was just so into how cool this film was shot it was a gorgeous movie and andrew you had a hire what, what was your thoughts yeah i literally like we said i was dreading it i didn't know when to watch it and then we start we turned it on and I don't know, I just really got into it. There were some real, like, I don't know, emotional scenes for me. Just war movies in general can really get me emotional for some reason. I guess just all the death or whatnot. But there was one scene that really got to me where the, I think it's the head general is talking to whoever is in charge and he's like, okay, basically, like, you're embarrassing us. We're losing this war. You need to stop. And the general is like, could you not have told us that sooner? We've already lost 400 men. And then he's just like, <clears throat> he said something like, war, war is just politics. And I was just like, wow. Just, they were so embarrassed that their people were losing that... I don't know. It just, it really got to me. That was a really good scene. And then just the fact that this is based on a true story. I'm super big on true stories. Like all of the events in this film actually happened. And then you had actual soldiers like 
strapping bombs to them and falling out of the window, just sacrificing their lives for just to save the rest of the city. It was, yeah, it was super emotional. I loved it. Yeah, me and Asia were very big on the film. Yeah, speaking of the guy dropping with the bombs, mm -hmm. sacrificing themselves, one of the shots was the camera jumping out the window and just falling straight into the soldiers and cutting. As in, like, we were just one of the soldiers falling. Like, I feel like the camera work kept putting you into situations where you felt like you were part of it. I just really was mesmerized by the camera work. I thought the la I thought the ending was fine. Uh, I thought the middle part was really where it got me. Like, the beginning and the middle, that's where I was fully into it. I thought the ending was, like, whatever. They could have cut the last 30-something minutes, but I was very much into the beginning, like, the first two-plus thirds of that film. So I liked it. Uh, Trista, I feel like you were still kind of quiet here. Well, what's your, you still seem very low on it. Even... I'm just embarrassed I screwed this one up so bad. <laughs> Trista, yeah, he's just ashamed, yeah. But still, really, you, you no. even said so yourself that you would have still only put a, like, mid 30s so you're still considerably lower than us so what was your thought on the film i think the thing why i'd be a little lower than you guys is i never connect any of the characters like i, I don't like none of the characters you're all of those happening was crazy and awesome just the, none of the characters are really anything that i super connected with or any or, or cared about and that'd really be it though right? the cinematography was great the action scenes were really good the part that andrew mentioned when they're jumping out of the building with a bomb trapped in their chest that part was easy i thought the craziest part of the movie that part really hit hard i thought just none of the actual individual characters ever really felt like they had much personality. But I guess that wasn't really much of the point. It's more so we're focused on the army in general and not either any individual soldiers, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. Yeah. You don't emotionally connect to anybody. I was never emotional with the film, more just fascinated by how it was presented. So yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree. You'd never emotionally connect to anybody. Uh, and something that none of us have mentioned yet, and I'm surprised Andrew hasn't when it was her turn, the fact that there is the literal divide of the line with the yeah, lake and the bridge the other thing. and there's the rich, like the people that are looking down on the people fighting. Like there's literally a social divide. And I thought they used a lot of cool shots to present that. I thought it was very nice. Did I tell you, I, I read up on that and, um, apparently that was, um, a no war zone and that's why the planes could never touch that i read that in one of the other reviews on letterbox and i thought that was really neat it was also because it was international and that's why we could see all the american men standing there trying to get like the better shots of the fighting and everything because they weren't the japanese weren't allowed to touch that area yeah i thought that was crazy how it's something based on real life mm -hmm. and it's just such a cool visual experience where there's literally shots uh, and I loved the pan shot of somebody on that roof and you look out onto the gorgeous, rich, lit up area. It's just gorgeous looking. Everything just looks so clean and rich and beautiful and then the camera turns around and it's just absolute destruction. Mm -hmm. Like what a cool one shot of just the two completely different sides of the situation and the fact that that actually happened, like that's just, uh, who would have thought that that's such a cool visual shot that still is grounded in reality? Yeah, no, I thought it was really great. And exactly, the people on the rich side, they were more focused on getting a cool photo, on quickly getting the next source of news. They could not care less about the actual people dying. And so, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a cool film. 51, Tristan, 51. <laughs> I screwed up, okay? I made a mistake. <laughs> Tristan, humans make mistakes. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? 
<laughs> All right. Uh, if, if Tristan didn't put this one at 51, it would have been above our next pick, which we have here at 29, and that is Big Time Adolescence. So this one, uh, once again, Tristan's the lowest. We're starting to get to all the films <laughs> Tristan still hates. Uh, I have this at 27. Really here, guys. This first half. This isn't going my way so far, right? Yeah, uh, I have this at 27. Uh, Andrew has this at 22, and Tristan has this at 36. Yeah, I like this one. I like this one a lot. I mean, I feel like 36 is pretty fair for it. I, I didn't really screw this one up. I did enjoy this one a lot, though. Um, I didn't find it as funny as I was hoping. Now, there aren't any jokes in that. I, like, it, wasn't, it wasn't as funny as a King of Staten Island, I didn't think, or anything like that. Um, but as far as like the actual characters and story goes, I feel like it was better, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I put king staten island at 37 so i I believe i have this as a whole 10 spots different and i just think what's the guy's name again david pete davidson pete Pete davidson that's it yeah that's why i thought david yeah pete davidson uh i just think he works significantly better as a secondary character i think having the point of view of somebody that looks up to this loser makes this extremely more interesting how he's kind of like the side character he's still the same shtick which is fine. He's still hilarious, wants to give people tattoos, has a no life. Uh, but I think to have the main character be this kid that looks up to him, but really starts to question really how much of an inspiration that guy should be. I think it's really, I really, I really liked this movie. I Andrew liked it more. I was shocked. I thought I liked it more than her, but I really actually liked this movie. I was surprised because I watched King of Staten Island first and I was like, Oh my gosh, um, don't need to see another one. It's going to be the same thing. And it was, but it was a different viewpoint, really. And I liked it. I thought the lead was really good. And I actually really liked the end where they're not friends anymore. And I think that's kind of a darker take than I was expecting. But I think yeah. it's a better ending. I liked it. That, that was interesting for sure. That, that was, yeah, like I said, this one, like, it was sort of a comedy. It was also very much a drama. It had a lot more more deep and, and you know, more probably heartfelt conversations yeah. and more a lot more conscious thought put into it. A lot of, a lot of really thinking and like from the characters, not the audience. It's fairly simple to pay attention to the characters. really have to like make big, important decisions in their life, especially for the main character being such a young age. Right. Um, and having to go through pretty complex issues and stuff that he had to deal with from selling drugs to a, uh, you know, having to decide where, where, how he wants his life to go. Whether he wants to be like Pete Davidson's character or move on from that. Like his sister did. Yeah. Andrew, you're the highest on, so what was your thoughts? I like this. I like this so much more than I liked King of Staten Island. I don't know. I just felt like I connected with this more. I thought the lead was really great. I mean, Pete in this film obviously is a man-child, and he never really grew up. And then, like you said, he's influencing this young kid, he talks him into like selling all these drugs or whatever. And basically his best friend tries to bust him or well, his best friend basically rats him out to the police and you know, yeah, screw that guy. Yeah. He's almost as bad as Edison. Yeah. I don't I hated that like guy. Him. No, he was awful. Ugh. But like, I don't know. I just, and I liked at the end, like, where they weren't friends. Like, I thought that was the perfect ending. Like, you said it was a little dark, but it was fitting because it's, it shows this kid can still grow up and he can make something out of himself, whereas Pete's character never did. Yeah, it's a good story about growth. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked it. 
the one issue I did have was so this moves also about a sixteen year old kid who hangs out with like twenty something year old, probably what, twenty three, twenty four year olds or whatever. Yeah. Um he ended up having sex with Pete Davidson's girlfriend. Yeah. Ex girlfriend yeah. at the time. That was so fucked up. She was like twenty four. He was like sixteen. But yeah. I would kind of get over that scene. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And he never really put much value in it later. Like it never really it never came super important yeah. later in the movie. No, that's fair. Right? Like that scene was real fucked up. Yeah. Earlier in the movie that I thought was really funny though was the sixteen year old kid brought his sixteen year old girlfriend over to like the house where they all hang out. And one of Pete Davidson's like older friends pulls the kid aside and goes, Hey man, what what the fuck are you doing? She's like sixteen. And he goes, Yeah, so am I. And I died laughing. Yeah. The guy was so concerned that he was having sex with a sixteen year old girl. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, That's not cool, bro. She's sixteen. He's like, I'm sixteen. Yeah. I like I how concerned he was. He was trying to be a good dude. Like, what the fuck's going That's on, man? So good. Yeah. He's the opposite yeah. of the other guy's friend. Yeah, that, that guy's cool. That guy was great. Yeah, that guy's a homie. Uh but yeah, the fact that he had sex with like a twenty four year old girl, that and they never really like focus in on that, you know, yeah. fucked up. Uh, I, that I thought, I thought that part was just weird. That's I a good point. Really yeah, yeah, I didn't like that, that scene weird. either. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I didn't like that. Um, other than that, yeah, I thought this movie was great. I thought this movie tackled some really big issues uh, while still being funny. It's still a funny movie. This is most definitely a Pete, you know, Pete Davidson's still hilarious in it, uh, as he always is. Um, yeah, this movie was awesome. All right, so we can move on to... This would be number 28, and this is going to be another fun one, I'm hoping, because we have I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Oh. This fucking movie. This fucking movie. All right, well, let's get into this fucking movie, Tristan, because I have this at number 10, Andrew has this at number 15, and Tristan has this at 55. Yeah, I hate this movie. I'm going to be real with you. I, this movie sucks. <laughs> no. Are you not regretting this one, like the 800? No. Oh, no. 800 was a mistake. I, I made an error. I didn't double-check my list. I didn't read it twice at Santa Claus. I screwed that one up. <laughs> I knew this one was low, and it's what, this one should possibly be even lower. All right? I, I don't <laughs> like this movie. Man, I really wish we had our buddy here. This would have been fun. All right, we have a guy from the film club. This is in his top 10 of all time. What? Who is it? Seagull. Seagulls? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, this is this is his favorite of the year, and this is his top ten of all time. He's obsessed with it. Has he only watched ten movies? This <laughs> I want one of you guys to go over why you liked it, all right? Because maybe I just didn't get it. Like maybe I didn't understand why people appreciate okay, this movie. I didn't like it. I knew for quite a while Tristan was not high on this movie. Because yeah. I remember during one of the podcasts, I mentioned the movie once. I think I was talking about how great Tony Collette was in it, and I think I just brought the name up and Tristan just let out a sigh of hatred. <laughs> and like, yeah. and it, like he was like like it was just like a moan he was just like oh my god this fuck oh my god. he was just like he, how dare he even bring this film's name to my face if you've been following us we tried to not really reveal what any of our scores are like i didn't know i live with andrew and i didn't know her rankings until this morning yeah. like I, obviously i watched them with her so i know if she likes a movie or doesn't but I was still shocked by some of her rankings. So I, I don't know people's scores. We try to avoid this. I didn't know Tristan's score for this, but I knew he hated it. I, I, I knew just the just his existence just rubbed Tristan the wrong way. I knew Tristan hated it. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, And so I thought this was, this was the other one, Tristan. I thought it was going to be this and Black Bear you hated because both of them are just confusing. They are just yeah. weird... They look like it's just weirdness for being weird. 
And the reason why I have completely different reactions to this, where I have Black Bear at 42, I think, and I have this at 10, is I listened to interviews with the director, I read blogs about it, I watched videos on it to understand its meaning, and then I just recently rewatched it, and that's when I, to me, it's a very clear story on a rewatch, and even not reading everything. I think on a rewatch, when you know how it ends, you kind of start piecing stuff together. Um, I think it's a really good film, but the only reason why I didn't put it higher than 10 is I agree with what you're saying, Tristan. I think it's purposely being confusing for the first time, just to be confusing. Like, I feel like they could have made it more clear with what the story was going with. And so I do agree. I do have a bit of an issue with how vague and weird some of it is at times. But overall, I think it's a brilliant film. Uh, I'm curious as to what your thoughts are, Trist. Yeah, uh, this movie sucks. This movie's really (laughs) stupid. All right. I shouldn't have to do homework assignment afterwards to figure out what the fuck it means. Um, if I have to go and watch YouTube videos and read blog posts about the meaning of the movie, you failed as a filmmaker. All right? You, you fucked up. Uh, watching the movie, I should, I should be able to... Like, I actively watch the movies. I don't go on my phone or, or whatever. And I'm a relatively smart person. I'm not like a doctor or anything, right? But like, I'm decently... <laughs> right? Like, I'm not the smartest, but like, I'm not an idiot. Like, I'm decently intelligent. I understand basic cinematography and filmography and symbolism and whatnot. Yeah. And if I'm sitting there watching a movie actively and I don't know what the fuck's going on at the end of the movie, I'm like, I don't know what that was about. And you expect to go do homework in order to figure it out. I'm not going to do that. I didn't do that. I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time and read up or watch a YouTube video to explain it to me. They screwed up. That was stupid of them. Why would you have a movie where people don't understand it? You should make a movie the purpose is to confuse people. That's not a good movie. That's a waste of my fucking time. All right. I hate it. I thought that's terrible. This movie makes no sense. There is nothing good in this. Okay, and you guys did watch. So, like, explain to me what is what was this movie about then, right? If I didn't pick it up on it, what what was this movie about? So you guys did the homework. What, what, what's it's the it's very convoluted. So like, I'll try to yeah. explain some of it. I'm not gonna go into details with it, how every what everything means because it it is a lot of symbolism. But the main character, the, the the woman, she doesn't exist. She is Jesse Plemons, the male guy that's driving home to see his family. It's just a figment of his imagination. It's a woman that he saw in the high school and he's imagining what it would be like if he had a girlfriend. And so the woman keeps saying, I'm thinking of ending things, but that's the guy saying he's thinking of ending his life. So the whole film, you think she's ending their relationship, but it's him trying to decide if he should kill himself. And at the end, he kills himself. So the woman and Jesse Plemons, they're pretty much the same character. That's why she's credited as the woman. Like, she doesn't actually have a name or a presence. So the movie is about Jesse Plemons' character, deciding if he's going to kill himself, because he's going through his history. Like, his parents are probably passed away at this point. Like, he's he's an old guy. He's the old guy that we saw throughout the film. That's him in the present. The rest of the this janitor, is all... right? Yeah, the janitor. Yeah, so that's yeah. Jesse yeah, Plemons. I, that. I knew he present. was a janitor. Like, yeah. I got all that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that part was like the one thing they gave us pretty easily. Yeah, that, that one made a lot of sense. Just with how they shot it. So yeah, Churchill had picked it up where we would show Jesse Plemons' face and it would cut to the janitor. Like it's always those two are connected. So it's him reflecting on his life and he's looking back at wanting to be an artist and wanting to be a film critic and wanting to, he wants to be in the arts. We see the woman showing off all these art pieces she has to Jesse's parents. 
and they're just shitting on it, it's because they don't understand his art and he's a good artist. And so he also wants to be a poet. And so when they're in the car and she's reading off the poem, later in the film, we realize it's in the book. The poem's in the book. He isn't able to make his own poem. He isn't able to be creative in, in his own sense. Like he's just a useless individual. And it's just a story about realism on how everybody, including us three, I'm sure, because we all have a podcast and we all like to talk about film. We all would love to be in the film industry. We would all love to be a writer or be a poet or be an artist or be a film critic. But it's a story about how most people amount to nothing and how he amounted to nothing. He was not a good film critic because it was showing uh, his opinion on film. And then it cut later on it's the exact same critic that we saw later on. And the poem, it's the exact same poem in the book. He's not able to think of his own thoughts. He can only repeat stuff. He's not a creative person. So it's just a story about how normally people amount to nothing and he amounted to nothing. That's why he killed himself. He was just a janitor that nobody cared about. Great. So it's about the same plot line as Soul, but with 80% more bullshit is what I'm <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. There you go, I guess. Um Right, yeah, like okay. that's the thing. Quentin, how much of that? How much of all that? And that was a great description you gave. Of you know, how much of that did you get from watching it the first time around? No, I agree, and I think that's a big issue, and that's why I really like it. And on a rewatch, I think it's a it's cool how it's a completely different story because yeah, you kind of realize I, I what's going on. I watched but, the movie three times to figure out what the hell it's about. Right, I agree, all and right. he watched it three times. No, no, I watched it twice. Tristan, oh. no, I, it once. I, I made up a number. That's all. Oh, um, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I got the janitor part. I understood that he was wanting to be creative because Jesse Plemons' character was also wanting to be creative and he amounted to being a janitor. So I got that. Uh, the one thing I didn't get was I didn't realize the woman was also just part of his subconscious. So that, that part I didn't understand. Yeah, I, feel like I picked up on all of that too, except for the fact that the, the, the woman was Yeah, there. so that's like I the big twist. It makes a lot of sense on a rewatch knowing that she doesn't actually exist. And how do you know that she doesn't exist? Like, where, where, is that, where is that shown? So the big thing is this is based off of a book, and the book confirms she doesn't exist. Oh, so you mean, once again, I have to go do more homework to figure out she doesn't <laughs> exist. It never says in the movie that she doesn't exist, though, right? Um, well, in the movie, they definitely have scenes that heavily imply it. But yeah, they don't, like, tell us. Look, this movie, like, it, it frustrates me that you just make bullshit and make it look artsy, and people think it's deep, all right? This is just pathetic. I hate this. This is terrible. <laughs> There's no reason why people who sit down and watch your movie, pay attention to what you make, right? You you captivate them for an hour and a half, two hours, and you can tell them whatever you want. And you tell them, fuck your time. Go go waste more of it. That's pathetic. I okay, hate all right. that. All right, but like, <laughs> let's take a step back here. So this is the thing that blew my mind, because I think it's just as confusing as Black Bear, Except that's Black- where I, that's where I completely disagree. The only confusing part about Black Bear, the only part that's confusing, is the transition from part one to part two. There's only one confusing twist in the entire movie. One twist, in, one wrinkle in the entire fabric of the film that makes it confusing. This whole entire movie is a, 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 a torn up shambles of a piece of fabric. There is nothing there. You have to piece the entire fucking thing together with help from multiple outside sources. You will say to yourself, you want read blogs and watch multiple videos about it. Not just one. It takes forever to piece it all together. Whereas Blackbird has one twist, one, one wrinkle in the entire thing that makes it weird. I'm not saying it's not weird. I'm not saying I fully get it. But it, there's one small fraction that makes it weird. This entire movie is just bullcrap. All right? It's just 
made up symbolism that no one understands what the symbols are for. I think the woman is the twist. It's similar to Black Bear. I think I think it still has one twist that needs explanation. And I just think this why, film actually has- Why are has her parents one. aging rapidly? Why was there a random ice cream shop because in the ice cream in the middle of the winter? Why do they tell us the roads are treasures 18 fucking times? I don't care if the roads are treasures. I get it. All right? Like, I understand that the roads are treasures, <laughs> the metaphor for the future is bumpy and things are rough, but he's got a pair of chains, right? Like, I get it. Yeah. Right? I understand it. But I shouldn't have to think that deep to understand the movie. The movie shouldn't be that complicated. I like confusing movies. I love things like Midsummer and Hereditary that go weird and buck wild with it. The difference between going weird and just pissing on your audience's time. But and also the parents are aging stuff. rapidly because it's just jumping through time. It's him reflecting on his life, right? Like, it makes sense. Only if you read blog posts and watch videos about it. But, I, but even before to. I, like, when the movie was over, I realized that it was just them aging through time and him reflecting on it. I thought that seemed to make a lot of sense. Like, this movie was so infuriating about how ridiculous it was. And I, like I said, I like confusing things, but I don't like my time to be wasted, all right? And this thing felt like they didn't care about their audience's time. They didn't care that this movie, they didn't explain anything to you. They wanted you to go and do the work so you can explain it to yourself. All right, so I, I understand. You had, you had to make half the movie in your head. They should have made it more clear. I, I, I agree with you, Tristan. But, like, let's, let's throw this aside for a bit, all right? Like, I'm just curious okay, as yeah. to why this is your sixth least favorite film of the year because it's the only one that pissed me off okay yeah. all right all right it's just pissed me off, which is fair i debunked edison quite a bit I from uh, jingle jangle edison. yeah it's the second movie that pissed me off uh there's also uh last is american crime i fucking hate that movie too okay that's fair yeah oh yeah that that film pisses everyone off but yeah can we like do you agree that the cinematography in this film is really good like were you also no, the cinematography no? purposely tries to confuse you but no, I mean like the shots where she's like is always shown alone because he's alone in his thoughts. I just think the shots of her always being alone in the house and in the car, I always thought that the camera work outside and inside the car was really well done. You, like I don't think those were confusing, but they were still really nice. No? I, I don't care. I really liked the cinematography here. Uh, one last thing though, and I think maybe you'll agree, maybe you're still too angry, but... Did you like the performances? I think this film had some great performances. I thought Tony Collette was fantastic. Tony Collette was so good. And then also the father, I don't know the actor's name, but he was really good too. And then I thought the two leads were also really good. I thought all four were great. Yeah, Tony, Tony Collette's good in everything she did. No, the leads were good. Yeah. Who's the main guy in this one's name again? Jesse Plemons. Yeah, Jesse Plemons. This has got to be his second best performance. It's the one about Girl Scouts, all right? Like he, he, like, he was even better in other movies this year. Like, the acting in this movie is fine. It's good. Don't get me wrong. But, like, it's not the best. This movie doesn't have the best acting. Hold on. Yet. Jesse Plemons is in... Jesse Plemons is what? in Troop Zero? Is he not? Is he not the dad? Who played the dad now? And they're not the same no. dude? There's no... No. No. Yeah, the, act, the acting in this is good. Like, the acting was fine. But, like, name, name a movie this year that had horrendous acting except for Last Days of American Crime. Um, like most, <laughs> you know what I mean? what? Wait, hold on. You're, you're telling me that this is like on par with every other film for acting, or slightly below. Look, the <laughs> actors, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to discredit the actors. All right, the actors. The actors were the only person in this movie who did their job right. Okay, um, the scriptwriters, the directors, the cinematographers, all all absolutely sucked ass in this one. Oh my gosh. I really like this movie. I no. think it's this one. This is an absolute dumpster fire of a film. <laughs> oh my. 
I think what's good about this movie, it's something that I really like, is which is exact point Tristan made that he hates, is I think it's very rewatchable. I think every time I watch it, I like it more and more. Like I watched it the second time, and the first time I watched it, I think I had it in like near the twenties. Like I love the acting, love the cinematography. I just did not get the script. I didn't get the story. It didn't make any sense. It, like it was closer to uh, Black Bear for me. But when I rewatched it, uh, I thought it was significantly better. I really liked it. And since it's on Netflix, I think it's great that we can rewatch it as many times as we want. So I think it benefits with that. But I, I do, I get your point, Tristan. And that's why I couldn't put it any higher. Like I really think it's a really good film, but it does feel purposeful at times to try and be confusing. It's one hundred percent purposeful. Yeah. It tells you a third of the story and expects you to go read the rest. And I'm not doing that. That's a waste of my time. I spent two hours watching your crappy movie and you couldn't even do me the decency of giving me a movie. You gave me a third of a movie and wanted me to go make up the rest. In I'm not fairness, my it's, time. In fairness it's based boring. off of a book. So the book, it's the twist at the end. So I think the only mistake is they should have made that the twist at the end. They should have revealed that it wasn't real, right? Yeah, they should have told me what the hell was happening. They should yeah. have gave me the ending of the movie. Yeah, so I, I get some of your points, Tristan. I definitely think uh, we're on different ends of the spectrum here. Andrea, uh, you've been kind of quiet here. Is there anything else you want to add? Anything? I was just letting you guys talk it out because Tristan doesn't really like this movie and you were trying to defend it. But since I was the one that picked it, I honestly picked it just because I watched the trailer and this is not what I thought it was going to be whatsoever. A lot of the movies I picked, actually, I based off the trailer. But yeah, this one was really confusing for me too. It was still pretty good in my mindset, but honestly, I love Tony Collette, so maybe there's a little bias there for why it is so high, even though she wasn't the main, like... She wasn't in it much, was she? From my memory, like, the parents were only in it for like, uh, like, like 20, 30 minutes of it, weren't 30, 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes yeah. sounds better. Right. Yeah, they weren't in it too much, from my memory. I just, I just love her, and she is so creepy, and she is... The dad was good, too. Yeah, Both the parents, the parents were great. were like, yeah. so fucking creepy. And I don't know. I just really love them. But What the hell was the ice cream shop about? Okay, also, I think I... Well, I don't really understand the ice cream shop, but were all the cups, like, in the trash can for all the girls, like, in his mind that he has taken there? Like, he's been through this so many times. Yeah, it's just him constantly contemplating his life. Yeah, that's what I thought. But... It's just to show you that he's constantly thinking about killing himself. And the, the ice cream shop is... Like he said in the film, it was like his favorite thing as a child. And so it's his only source of happiness. Like it's the one thing that he keeps looking back on. And that's why he keeps thinking of ending his life. Mm -hmm. And then it stops. It always ends with the ice cream shop because it's him trying to think of something good about his life. That's fair. Okay. My other thing really quick is the pig. Is the pig once he's dead? Like I, that's the part that the first time I watched this, I was like, what the, yeah, the fuck pig? is going on with this yeah. fucking pig? Yeah. So for those that haven't seen this film, yeah, uh, we hear about a dead pig at the beginning of the film. And at the very end, when he's dead, he's being walked to heaven with the pig leading him there. And it's because, yeah, the pig's already dead. It's to symbolize that he's died with the pig. And it's also to show that he has always saw himself as the pig where he was just slowly dying. Nobody really gave a crap about him and just left him there all alone. So he saw himself as the pig. Was that the pig that died in the barn? Yeah. Did they tell it? Okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah, because it's because you see the maggots dropping off of him. It's a very weird film. I agree. I do kind of wish they made it more clear, especially with the girl twist at the end. I think that just would have made it more approachable and enjoyable for people. So I, I get the criticism. 
Uh, I just think it's a film that even before I watched it the second time, I still had it like in my top 20, I think. I think I had it like 19 or 18. Like I was still very high on it just because I thought Why? the cinematography. You're high on what? Just the idea of a movie? Like it wasn't a movie. There was well, nothing because, there. Well, even without realizing the girl thing, like I still feel like you understand it's a story of somebody reflecting on his life. Like I still think you get the gist of it. No, this movie sucked. All right. This, <laughs> this was a waste of my time, is what it was. It was <laughs> no, everything. Honestly, this is only an hour and 40. I wouldn't call it a waste of my time, even if it's not good. I would call it a waste of my time. All right. This movie is absolutely terrible. This is not a good movie. There, there is the, the acting in it is good. Um, some of the shots were okay, I guess. But overall, it was, it was terrible. It was an absolute dumpster fire. Do not watch this movie. Spend your time doing something worthwhile, and it's not watching. You heard it here first from Tristan. So we can move on to the next film here. Are you good, Tristan? You want to give one more shout out to your favorite film? Uh, I'm good. Let's go. Let's put something good on here. Put something good on. All right. Well, what do we got next? here we'll throw something good on. And Tristan is the highest on this one, so I guess we are throwing something good yeah. on. Yeah. And that is good. at number twenty-seven. We have *The Five Bloods*. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, so I have this one at 24. Andrew wow. has this one at 37, and Tristan has it at 19. And Welling, if you're listening, uh, this is number two for him. Yeah, <laughs> I think I might have put this one a little high, but like this is a, this is most definitely a good movie. This is a this is a good one. I like it. I like. It. I I have it at 24. Uh, once again, I'm not a big war guy, and I still thought this one was pretty good. I think what I really liked about it, something that I don't hear a lot about, is I think the editing is really good. I really, I think this might be one of the best edited films of the year. I loved how they showed the different uses of filming based on the different time periods. So whenever they reflect on the past, it's one style of film where it's like a square box because it's back in the past in the war where the framing for film was in that style. So it's framed like that. And then when it's the present day, it's the widescreen that's how present day is and yeah i noticed that when it's record when they're recording through a camera footage it's through a camera footage lens so there's those three styles of framing i really yeah. liked that i thought that was always fun and unique it just made the film really exciting whenever they went back and reflected on the past or they were recording something it just kind of made it fun i so i thought the editing was really good and the acting is great i thought the film's pretty solid i like the directing i like spike lee so I liked it. I liked it. It's, it's 24 because, you know, like it's, it's still not my thing. I was not interested in the story. I, like, I was looking at my watch every now and then because I was like, okay, I'm starting to get a little bored now. Like it wasn't yeah, it's a little thing. long. It's a little long. For sure. Yeah, it dragged. It wasn't this film that I was like super into kind of thing, but it, it's good. All right, Andrew, you're the lowest on it. So I'm curious as to your thoughts. You have it at 37. You're like 20 away from Tristan. Is this the dumpster fire that Tristan thought I'm thinking of ending things is? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's nowhere near. No, no, I wouldn't say that. Spike Lee's a really good director. He's just not my particular cup of tea. Like, the cinematography was good. Like Quentin said, the editing, the shots, they were all good. I just, I felt like the storyline fell flat for me. And that was my biggest thing. I felt like I was looking at my phone way too much during this film. Uh, but it was good, and it definitely deserves to be recognized. And also, fun fact, I just realized the cover, the four guys were in, or the 
five guys are is it four guys are in the helmet? Well, it's That's the four cool. guys on the the four guys on the helmet, and then Chad Bozeman is the soldier that they're. Yeah. That's actually on. really cool. <laughs> yeah, the post is gorgeous. Yeah, the post is really well done. Um, I also found this movie funnier than I expected, particularly in the first part. It's like when they're in a, uh, like a, a um, Vietnam, like modern day Vietnam. Uh, I, I want something to laugh way more than I expected to laugh in this movie. Uh, I also don't. I don't love war movies, um, but I thought for sure this one was a really good one. Yeah, I thought I thought this was just a good movie overall. I thought all the acting was really good. I thought the main lead did a really great job. Um, yeah, no, Delroy Lindo's great. He's definitely getting a nom, and he deserves it. I thought he was a good actor. Oh, for sure. Uh, Spike Lee, I think, deserves probably a nom for, for, for director here. I thought uh, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was a really strong movie. 19 might be a little high. Maybe more of a quick 24 seems pretty fair for it. Well, of course. I, I think um, my rankings are always right. Not for the last one, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anything else we want to say about The Five Bloods? Wong's probably listening to the podcast right now yelling that we're not giving it more respect, but uh, it's, it's a good movie. Spike Lee, I don't know if he's my top five directors of the year, but yeah, he's, he's been, he was really good. I, I really like his films. This might be my least favorite of the ones I've seen. I've seen three so far, and this is, yeah, definitely my least favorite of his. He the only Spike. Oh no, he did Black Klansman, right? Yeah, he did Black Klansman, um, and then he did Do the Right Thing. I saw both of those. I haven't seen Do the Right Thing. I guess I've only seen the two from Spike Lee. Really good. I really like Do the Right Thing. It's one that gets better on a rewatch, so Tristan might hate it. No, I don't like movies that get better. I don't mind movies that get better on a rewatch. I like those. <laughs> I like movies that give you the whole story, is my thing. Okay. Well, then, yeah, you might like it then. We'll see. All right. So we are at number 26 here, and I believe this is the first film in Tristan's top 10. Oh. Oh. So we finally got here at 26. And that is Yes, God, Yes. Oh. Oh, yeah. I love this movie. <laughs> so I have it at 28. Oh, wow. You guys are way lower on it than me. Andrew has it at 38, and Tristan has it at 10. Tr- Tristan, that tends to be what happens when uh, you have a movie that's in your top 10 that's this far down, and normally someone else is low on it. Yeah, we got, I, I, you guys are both decently. Like, I don't know, I expect to, that's probably where I expect you guys to land on this movie. I thought this movie was absolutely fantastic. I thought it was so much fun. Yeah. I, I thought it was a really fun movie. I liked it. I have it at 28. Yeah, I, I don't know how many times you say this. Uh, if it's in my top half, it's good. I had a great time yeah, with this I movie. Top half, it's probably like yeah. a good movie. As soon as I watched it, I did think, okay, I got to pick this one because I feel like it, there's quite a bit to talk about. And I think Tristan's going to really like it. And if I don't recommend it, like if I don't put it on the list, you might not ever watch it. It's one that I never heard of it. I never heard of this movie until you put it on the list. It's one that'll come and go. I haven't heard of it. No one's mentioned this movie, I swear. This is is not talked about. Well, it's funny because I keep thinking this is my movie, but this is one you picked for it because this is one I wanted to watch. And then you ended up picking it. Yeah, Andrea wanted us to watch it. It kind of feels like one Andrea would pick. Like, like, it kind of feels like one that would be on her list. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Weird, artsy, lead female, indie yeah, film. Yeah, all for the lead female. I noticed that. Oh, <laughs> Andrea, oh you're yeah. right. I didn't even think about that. Andrea likes her woman. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fine. I, but this one was really good. This one was so good. No, I really uh, like this one. Yeah, it's funny how Andrew's the lowest. Uh, it's funny. Uh, I feel like Tristan's the lowest on his own picks. Andrew's the lowest on her own picks. You guys just hate yourselves. Come on. No, so like I think Tristan said this about another. So it was about the, the 800. Like, you kind of just kept putting, mo- like, I kind of just kept putting movies in front of this one, and, like, I just kind of forgot about it, so it kind of slipped through the cracks, so I think I'm a little too low on it than, like, where it yeah. should be. 
It just happens. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, I'm really bad at ranking things. Like, I have opinions on all these movies, but I'm really bad at putting them in, a, in an ordered list is yeah. where I and, and also rankings arbitrary, right? Like, like we all have our yeah. opinions and thoughts. But I think this is, like, top 10 of the year. Like, obviously, number 10. I think this is, like, above number 10 of the year. That might... No, I, I like to put this in top 10. I thought this movie was hilarious. I thought it was emotional. I thought it told a great story. Yeah, I thought, it was I thought really the performances good. were fantastic in it. Yeah, um, and, I, and I just think it's a very unique film that you wouldn't see very often. Yeah. So for those yeah. that aren't aware, uh, because you know I'm sure not many of you are, this is a film with uh, the lead character being from Stranger Things. She's uh, the sister, Nancy. And so she's the lead character in this film, and it's about her being in a Christian camp where it's frowned upon to have any sexual desires because it's, it's all Christian. It's a very Christian film. And so she is seen as a slut because she's wants to have sex. And so it's a very interesting film how everyone around her is holier than thou. They are Christian. They are these amazing people. And she is this slut because she likes sex. And behind closed doors, everyone is just like her. Well, everyone's even, she's even more innocent than everyone else. Right? The whole thing is like she didn't, there's rumors going around that she tossed some guy's salad, right? And the entire movie, mm-hmm. you know, there's a thing where she's trying to figure out what the hell that means. She has no idea what it means, Right. And everyone else around her, like, don't ask questions like that. You know, they, they, everyone else knows about her. She's arguably one of the more innocent characters in the movie. And although she's interested in sex, she's never had sex, right? It's very right. much about her exploring her sexuality yeah. uh, for the first time. Um, she's never really done anything. She's at this point just interested in it. And she's figuring out everyone else around her who claims to never do anything sexual or never have any sexual desires are all way more sexual deviant than she is, right? Mm-hmm. And all know way more than she does. And it's not until she finds the guy you know, an outcast heathen, someone who doesn't have any religion. It's the first time she finally gets some real honest answers, right? When she's at the biker bar there, with, you know. So who's finally going to be real with her and tell her the truth about things. I thought this movie was awesome. I thought it was funny. I thought it was a great coming-of-age story, uh, particularly coming-of-age story of people growing up in the Catholic Church. Me and Quentin both did, right? We grew up a, uh, in not like a super religious family by any means, but like a relatively religious family, I guess yeah. you could say. I thought this movie was awesome. I thought it hit on every note. Um, it didn't. It didn't bullshit around like some other crappy movies do. Uh, it told you the whole story. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. Just it's still not over. Like we're, we're two movies through, and you still like it. Told me the whole story. Easy ten. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you are kind of making me think I might have put it a little too low. I I do really like the movie, and yeah, I think growing up Christian in a Christian school, like it just does feel very real in that aspect. I thought it was really well done. I liked it. I thought it was a fun film. As soon as I saw it, I was kind of blown away and I had to pick it for the podcast. And then, yeah, it kind of just fell by the wayside because it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So when you're making your list, you kind of put in, okay, this is in between these two movies. And then you go to add more movies in the list and somehow ones that I don't think are better in this movie or you know, or other movies somehow get on top of it and that kind of stuff. Lists are weird. Lists are hard. Um, overall, I think we all agree that this is just a great movie. I think this is an awesome mm-hmm. one. Uh, it's in my top ten of the year. Yeah. It's a very, it's a really fun movie for for being dealing with like decently heavy topics and dealing with pretty pretty gracefully. It still manages to be funny and entertaining um, while while dealing giving these topics the the weight that they, they deserve and need. Um, which I think it manages to balance that awesome and it all has a bunch of really great performances. I, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, well, what's your thought, Andrea? You're the lowest. Got anything else to add? I really don't. I I just, I like the storyline. It was good. I, too, grew up Catholic, so 
I kind of got a lot of the references and everything. And I also thought it was kind of funny how she thought the dude the whole time that was into her, like she ends up trying to like make a move on him and he totally freaks out. Very fun film. I liked it. And it's one that is kind of a hidden gem. Not many people know about it. Yeah, I never heard anyone talk about this movie. Like, you know what I mean? No one seems to be talking about this one. I thought it was awesome. All right, so we can move on to number 25, and that is His House. His House, it's a Netflix film. I think a lot of people might have heard of it. It's uh, one of their more popular horror films that came out this year. Uh, I have it ranked at 38. Andrew has it at 21, and Tristan has it at 16. So I was really the one that dragged this behind. And honestly, unfortunately, uh, I stand behind this. I did not think this was that great. Visually, it was gorgeous. I thought some of the shots where he was looking out and it was turned into the water, I thought some of the shots were really beautiful, really well done. <sighs> but I don't know. I thought the uh, the monsters in the house just seemed too jump scary. It didn't really make that much sense to me. I thought the story had a cool idea in concept, just didn't really execute that well. I was not that interested in the film. I felt pretty much like, okay, jump scare here, jump scare there. All right, I'm, I'm kind of over this. Like, uh, there was elements I liked, but I have it at 38. Like, I liked parts of it, but I felt like this was a film that I was supposed to love. I love horror films. I love them. And I love cinematography, and there's some gorgeous shots here. It, it, just, it just was not my thing, unfortunately. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought this was a great movie. I thought this was scary. I thought it was spooky. Uh, it, you know, it was one horror movie that had me like looking over my shoulder and I was watching in a dark room. I thought it was scary. I loved what it was about. You know what I mean? How they're immigrants and they're, you know, they sailed here on the graves of others. I thought it was, I thought it, the message was cool. I thought it was a scary movie. I thought the characters were great. I just really like this movie in general. I thought this was awesome. What about you, Andrew? You're very close with Tristan here and you picked it. This was one of your picks. Yeah, no, I saw it. I'll be honest, I, I watched the trailer once again, and I just liked what it had to offer. And really, it's kind of a horror film thriller, but really, it's just these two immigrants dealing with what happened, like, to the little girl that they called their daughter, like, just dealing with grief overall and how it can really eat you up whenever, like, you can't handle it. And just, I like the scenes. I know you said they were jump scares, but I like the scenes where, like, the creature or whatever it was was trying to come through the wall. And he ended up taking the hammer because he, Blake, was trying to, to kill it or whatever. And he could never quite get to it. And then the water scene when they're at the table was amazing as well. So I don't know. I think I think you have it ranked a little too low, but Yeah, I most definitely think Quentin has it too low. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I I agree. I'm probably too low on this. I can admit it's a well done film. It's gorgeous. I think the actors are great. I think the story is interesting. I just feel like the creatures, the monsters, there is no reason behind it in my mind why they I were there i kind of i felt like i missed something like is there a reason there why was, there's there, I, I always thought that they were like the souls of the people that died on their journey the ones who couldn't well, make it there yeah in the, right? one, in the one part it was yeah in the water scene he's right yeah 
They were the they were the souls of the other immigrants who tried to make it to America but couldn't. Yeah. And they're living on their graves now, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, they're only there because yeah. people died for them to be maybe there. Maybe I do need a good rewatch on it. Yeah, I, I remember not liking it, but yeah, maybe maybe on a rewatch I'll appreciate it more because I agree. I am probably missing something. Uh, it it just didn't really connect to me in any way. But uh, you know, it's it's on Netflix. If you want a good horror film, you can check it, it out. Was, it was almost just like they were haunting them. Like they right. could, like I said, it was grief. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was a great horror movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really good horror movie. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was quite scary. I, I think it's one of the one of the first horror movies in a while that actually scared me. I thought it was great. I didn't find it scary either. I kind of just thought it was dumb. I don't know. It was mostly just uh, I'm not a big jump scare guy. So whenever like one popped up, I was kind of just like, oh. Quentin was age jump scares. A jump scare was like, was that's it. I'm knocking it down. Then. <laughs> yeah, I just stood up and I was like, nope, not today. Not today. Nice try, demon children. <laughs> not getting me nope all right well we can move on to the next one uh ironically enough i carry this one on my little back as well uh it's no kajillionaire though it wasn't anything that crazy but we have here red white and blue the uh final small axe film and uh i loved it so the scores we have here is i put it at number 15 andrew has it at number 32 and tristan has it at 26 so it kind of like a little bit of a distance between all of us here but for me, this was definitely the best of all four that I saw. I didn't see Lover's Rock. And it was the most surprising for me because it's about police. And, you know, I couldn't care less about police officers in 2020. So I was not that excited to watch it. But I really liked this one. I, what stood out to me, and I've talked about this in great lengths with Andrea, mm-hmm. was the color. I... I've really realized that this last year I really kind of loved how films use color. I don't know why it's just been my thing lately, but how this film used color was great. And it's all in the title, red, white, and blue. It is about a black individual wanting to become a police officer, which is very clearly a white field, as you would see in this film, because the classroom that they're studying in is all white. When they're working out at the gym, they have to wear a white outfit with white high socks and when he's walking down the hallway, it zooms in on photos of only successful white people. And his dorms, when he's doing this training to become a police officer, is all white. It is a white room with nothing but him as color. And I think that was really impressive how the whole film is basically pure white as soon as he's trying to become a police officer to let us know that he is a black man trying to live a white world. And I thought the coloring was great. And the blue is him wanting to be a police officer. He wants to do what's right. He wants to prove that people of his color can be just as successful. And I just, I just think it's a very powerful film with the coloring. I was just very fascinated with how color was used. I was super into this film. And Tristan originally had this as his pick, cut it, and I was so upset because I, I just wanted to talk about the coloring. Uh, I just really thought the film was great. And then Alex picked it up, and I was like, oh, good. Uh, now I can talk about yeah. it. Yeah. I actually really like this one. That's where just some awesome ones go. This is probably my... F- I think I might have Mangrove higher on the list. When I was making the list, I forgot about the crappy hour of books. <laughs> yeah. This is my favorite of the Small Axe films. I really, really like this one. This one was awesome. It, the struggles that a black man went, has to go through to try to become a police officer. It's funny because it's about him struggling to get to, be, to become a police officer. It's proof to everyone that all, not all police officers are bad, not all police officers are racist. But he has to go through all this struggle to get there. 
right? And it's kind of proving him wrong and trying to prove everyone else wrong, right? Yeah. Um, struggles he has to get there. But in all fairness, also the people he meets in the academy, right? He becomes friends with his roommates, like like genuine like friends and those people that he know. You know what I mean? Like, not all the police officers were assholes. A lot of them did accept him and welcome him. And then the other half of them were complete assholes and, and rejected him because he was he was black and he was different and he, he wanted to change things for the better and they, they wanted to keep things the way they were. And um, I thought this movie was awesome. And also the dynamic between him and his dad because his dad was in the middle of suing the police for racial discrimination. At the same time, he was trying to become a police officer. And so there's a whole family dynamic of being on different ends of, of the argument of are police, are police good or bad or racist or not. And um, I thought this movie was awesome. I, I thought for sure this was one of... One of, this and Man- Mangrove's also really good, but these are clearly the two best small axe films in my opinion. I love these two are the absolute best of the small axe ones. And then Lover's Rocker Education, I'm pretty 50-50 on. I think Alex Hoodle's for sure the weakest of the five. Um, I thought hey, Red, White, and Blue was really Did you really say Alex is the weakest? That's really rude. Well, Dog's the best. Uh, Alex Weedle's the weakest. Alex Welling is the strongest. Clearly. That's right. All right, yeah. well, Andrew, you're the lowest on this one, and I saw you shaking your head there. I know you're a big education stan here of the small mm-hmm. axe. You think education? Yeah, I think that's your highest. So what was your thoughts on Red, White, and Blue? No, I really I really like this. Like, in my actual rankings, education was number one, Red, White, and Blue was second, and then I had Mangrove third. <laughs> I, I like that's this. Fair. What? <laughs> That's fair. I really, I really, really liked the last hour of Mangrove, like yeah. the courtroom stuff. I thought it was super, super strong. But I get why it would be third for you. Um, for sure. Well, and I, I, you guys haven't seen Lovers Rock yet, but I, I think you guys might like Lovers Rock a little more than I do. Yeah, um, I think I might like it, but if I see, that's sir- left to be determined. Yeah. <laughs> so sassy. No, what I was gonna say is one of my favorite parts of this film is the fact that in the very beginning you see him as a little boy and he's holding his trumpet or whatever it is and the police actually come up to like search him and then his dad comes up and that is just such a powerful scene because he respects the police officer so much in that scene even as like a little boy and then fast forward and then you see when he's studying and they come to the word like like blind search or something i can't remember the exact term and he's just like no like pass that term because like i don't know he was just reminded of what happened when he was a little boy i thought that was like super deep and like no matter what he wanted to do the right thing so yeah i know this one was really high for me and i I really enjoyed watching it yeah no that that was a really good point yeah i there was a lot about this film i just thought it was really detailed really good by far, in a way, this was my favorite small X one. So I really was surprised by this. I, I liked it. Yeah, because I never, I never heard of much, much of the small X movies. But I did hear, uh, I saw some, some praise for both Mangrove and Lovers Rock. Um, but I never heard anything for this one. Yeah. Um, and I thought this one was, uh, was, was definitely like a, a really strong one. Probably the best of the five, if not like second best for sure. I thought this one was really, really good. Yeah, everyone has Mangrove as their favorite, especially Welling, favorite of the year. But yeah, this one for me was definitely the strongest. I thought uh, it was it was short and sweet and the entire thing just felt like it all connected. Uh, this one is one I would definitely recommend for people. I just think it was very powerful. All right, we can go into the next one here. Uh, we're starting to go through a few of Wellings, I just realized. We kind of got a little stretch here, but we have another well, one. We went through all the small acts now and, and all four of them are his. So, yep. you know, there's four yep. of his movies already done now. Yeah, and so we have here at number 23, we have Palm Springs. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, this is a little movie. I feel like this is going to be a bit of a hot take. I'm shocked that all of us are kind of on the same page here. I have it at number 26. Andrew has it at number 26 as well. And Tristan has it at number 20. Yeah, people, more people are like really high on this. I, mean, I see this in top 10 a lot. Yeah, this is in a lot of people's top 10. I, yeah. There's a lot of people that I follow on YouTube that have this in their top five, top three. Uh, even yeah. Welling, I thought Welling was going to be super high on this because, you know, it's his pick. Uh, but even he has this in about like 18, 19. Like he's with us as well. Yeah, this is a fun movie. If I, it's a very fun movie. Yeah, I had a good time. Um, it's a it's more of a Groundhog Day is obviously already a comedy, but it's more of a rom com sort of Groundhog's Day set at a wedding. I thought it was super fun. I thought it was a really fun movie. Andy Sandberg's always hilarious. Who's the female lead in this again? What's, uh, what's her name again? Kristen Malati. She was the mother in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. She, she, was, she was great in it also. I thought she was oh, I loved funny. her. Yeah, I think uh, this is really her coming out because I feel like she's really not been in much. No, I, that's the thing. I recognize her face probably from How I Met Your Mother. Uh, I didn't really know from where. Well, she's but also I, uh, she's a, very funny. Yeah, she's also one of the leads in uh, Black Mirror episode. That's what I know her from. Oh, I mean, I've seen all the Black Mirrors, but I can't really remember who was in them or whatnot. Yeah. But um, this movie, I like this movie a lot. I know I never really really got why people had it so high. I thought I liked this movie quite a bit, and everyone else is like, seems to be really really high on it. I just thought it was really good. I yeah, people were really movie. high on this. Uh, this is very high. On- a lot of people's lists. So I was kind of thinking trust like you and Alex might have it very high, but you guys both seem to be on the same page as us here. Like, that's top. Th- like, that's top third for me, right? Oh, oh yeah. You know, well, this is top like thirty for all of us, right? Yeah. We're all very high on it. I just mean like in the sense that people are obsessed with this. Yeah, this is I didn't get that. Lists. Yeah. I, I never got that. I yeah. was never, but uh, you know, yeah, this is just a fun comedy. I had a good time with it. I do have a lot of like issues with the movie, but it's just such a fun time that you kind of just overlook it. That's how I felt. Like, which issues? Like, any you want to share, like, specifically? Or? Honestly, Tristan, I was making some notes in my head about what I was going to say about this one because I was expecting you and Alex to have this in your top tens. So I felt no. like I had to explain why I had it at 26. But uh, we're on the same page here. But I do have some issues. Uh, the first one being the overall format and concept of it. I, I tried to not overthink this movie. I was about four drinks in when we were watching it. Might sound like an alcoholic in this episode because I feel like I say I'm drinking a lot during these movies. Yeah, I was sober for all of these movies. Yeah. I think I don't think I watched any of these movies. I think I drank during either. half of them. Uh, I'm sober for every movie. Yeah, says a lot about me. Maybe but. that's why you like I'm thinking of ending things. Maybe you're drunk for it. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe. <laughs> what, what didn't work for me was how this whole time loop thing worked. In Groundhog's Day, it was very point straight to the simple. Also, because there's only one person going through the time loop, so it doesn't really complicate things. But there was one scene in particular for this. And as soon as it happened, I stood up and I was like, that makes no fucking sense. Like, I was like, I'm like having a few drinks. I'm trying not to think. But it literally makes no sense when the two of them are driving in one scene and one of them jumps out of the car and kills themselves, you know, just to show you that they're immune. And how they, it was the way they edited it. The way they edited it just completely contradicted itself and ruined how the film actually works where one of them jumps out of the car to, and they die. And then it instantly cuts to them waking up to, you know, reset the day. And then it cuts back to the other person still in the car, freaking out that they just killed themselves and how crazy cool that was, right? But the way that was just edited shows that the person just restarted their life and they're now restarting the loop, but the other person is still alive in the previous timeline. I think what it is is the person wakes up, right? 
and the same time they wake up, the other person does wake up in the same timeline, right? But like that person's basically just sleeping while the whole other person is still experiencing their day until they also die or, or what pass out or whatever it is. So you're saying they, they wake, wake up, up at different time. times? No, they wake up at the same time is what I'm saying. They wake up at the same time. So basically the scene where it cuts to the person waking up happens after this following scene where it cuts back to the first person. Right, like like sense? the day resets at the exact same time. No, exactly. But I'm just saying the way they edited it instantly showed the person waking up and the other person still in the other timeline. So I just thought like, I feel like there's like some issues with the time looping and also yeah. the cave. I don't really understand how if you walk into the cave, it just resets the day and how they try to explode the cave. I, some of that didn't really add too much to it. And I, I hate to say this. I hate to say this. I couldn't stand J.K. Simmons. I love J.K. Simmons. Oh. I thought in Whiplash, obviously J.K. Simmons hate. is amazing. But his character in this is so freaking dumb. Like, he has one good scene where he reflects about how he can't see his kids growing up. That is a great scene, and that deserved to be in there. Right? Great scene. But I think it's so dumb how, like, he's just this, like, weird psycho that wants to try and hunt them down. How it felt like to me was they were looking at the film, and they were like, hmm, people really like action. People really like, I feel like this is too mundane and slow. We just got to have somebody just want to, like, do something crazy, right? I loved. I was. I was about to say something about J.K. Simmons. I liked him. Oh. I thought he was yeah, good. I, yeah. I loved. I loved that he was just always chasing him with a gun or something for like the first half. <laughs> I like the idea that he spends most of his days just hanging out with his family. His kids are, of course, always the same age. His wife's always the same. But then every so often goes, ah, fuck! I would kill a bastard this time. And he just drives his car, drives out, and shoots him, and then goes back. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. And he thinks of different ways to do it. Isn't there one where he has like a bow and arrow and shoots him in the butt or I don't know. I thought it was funny. I, I, was funny. I, I think the main reason why they had that character exist is to have an excuse for Kristen to go in the cave, obviously. Yeah. Right? I think that, you're right. Like, I, I think they were kind of like, how can we get her in the cave? Like, how, how, how do we get to point A to point B? And they just kind of thought, ah, let's make J.K. Simmons go a little crazy. Uh, it's fine. I, I didn't like J.K. Simmons at all. I thought he was the weakest part of the film. But um, I did like his scene with the family. Like he, J.K. Simmons has moments. I liked him. Sweet, yeah, yeah I, liked the, uh, I thought that was a powerful moment. The film's fine. I, I, I had a good time. Uh, once again, I just think the time loop is a little weird at times. But it's still a fun film. I had a blast. I also think maybe it was damaged because we watched Groundhog's Day for the first time three weeks before this. Oh, you guys, I can't believe you guys haven't seen Groundhog's Day until now. I never saw oh, it before. I, think so many, I love that movie. And I was in love. Uh, Groundhog's so Day good. is phenomenal. Yeah. So I do think uh, I literally watched that, and then this one just felt like it was like such a lesser version. All right. It's a good movie, but yeah. it's not. Groundhog's Day is great. All right. So there you go. Uh, step aside, Palm Springs. We have another Welling pick here. And we have another Ooh. film that's in someone's top 10. Ooh. Ooh. So here at number 22, we have Just Mercy. Ah. Andrew, it's mine. <laughs> so <laughs> I have it at number 39. Andrew has it at eight. And Tristan has it at 25. I think I got it in the right spot there. I think I nailed it. Uh, I think I nailed it too. I don't know. That seems, like, it's, I, think it's, I think this is for sure a good movie. That's why I think it should be in top 30. I think it's most definitely a good film. Yeah. Um, but I think Andrew got to go first here. Andrew, you say your piece. Yeah, Andrew is definitely the highest here. Uh, Andrew, let, let us know your thoughts here. 
She's got to remember why she likes it. Honestly, we watched this one so long ago, but I remember after I watched it, I was just like, wow, that was like so, it was so good. I don't know. I just really like movies about like justice happening. And I mean, in this film, Jamie, I think it's Jamie Foxx is the lead, right? No. No. Is it Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan, he is amazing, and I don't know, he just bites to get out. Like, wow, this really sucks. I should have rewatched this movie. <gasps> I don't know what else to say about it. I'm being honest. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. You're not really convincing me to lower my score. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, the thing for me is, uh, it's a little caveat for me and Angela. That's why I'm shocked she has an eight. We watched this with, like, four other buddies of ours. Like, it was six of us. We had a bunch of drinks. We were, like, obviously, we were watching the movie. But at the same time, we are like, throwing jokes and just hanging out. Wait, um, so you're telling me you were hanging out with a bunch of buddies and, and drinking stuff. And you're trying to put Just Mercy on? If I was with my buddies, this would be the film I would choose to put on the TV. It was a weird choice. It was uh, definitely a weird choice. Do you want me to tell you what it was, it. Tristan? All right. So there's this guy, all right? Uh, well, one of the guys, uh, actually, is Welling's roommate. His name is Luke. And okay, so randomly, he just goes, all right. Uh, well, because I was like, oh, I really liked, I really like movies. So he decided to come over for a movie night. That's what we were going to do. And I was like, all right, well, I'm down for anything. Let's pick out a movie. And he's like, all right, I have three options for you, Quentin. All right. Um, uh, these three are on my watch list. I want to watch one of these three. One of them was Downhill, the Will Ferrell movie that has like a 2.0 on Letterboxd and looks like crap. Uh, another yeah. one was a movie I watched in 2019. What was it? I remember it sucked. It was a one that was very low on my list. That was on his list as well. He wanted to watch that. And then there was Just Mercy. And I was like, well, of these three stinkers, I guess I'll watch this one. And yeah, this, uh, he gave you me three options. Down, like downhill, at least it's a Will Ferrell comedy. Like, that's the best time and place to watch like shitty comedy movies. You know what I mean? With your, with your buddies drinking. Like, that's the one I would have picked for sure. Yeah, probably. Uh, it just drama. was not in the mood. For, uh, downhill but yeah we got uh, just mercy here and yeah uh maybe on a rewatch i'll like it more i'm i'm not a big court guy and it's really not my thing so i don't really know if i ever will be inclined to rewatch it but what i will say and maybe why is a little too low uh the, m- most of the movie for me felt boring uh it was not super interesting however um the death of the one guy on the electric chair that was a good scene. That scene, I remember it was a really eerie moment because the six of us were cracking jokes, watching the film, just relaxing, having a good time. And when that scene happened, I remember specifically just sitting there and realizing all six of us were dead silent, just leaned in on our chairs, watching that scene. Like it just, it was that powerful that we all just stopped and went, oh man, that's fucking good. Like it was a good scene. The rest of it, it was a while since we've seen it, so I don't really remember anything else being interesting, but that scene was really good. I I, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I thought this was just a good movie, a good, real heartfelt movie, a true story, a feel-good, you know, sort of message to it. Like, I thought this was just a good movie. You're right, that, mo- that moment was real, real... The electric chair scene was really emotional. Um, I, I agree. I haven't watched this one in a while. It's been a while since I've seen this one, too. Um, so I don't remember specifics exactly. But I do very much remember enjoying it and enjoying the story and the message and just seeing the struggle that these guys face when you're put on 
when you're put on a uh, death's row, even if you are innocent, how tough it is to get off, right? And it was very clear that he had a bad trial. Like, that's one part I remember, how ridiculously flawed his trial mm-hmm. seemed. But to anyone, anyone even in sort of common sense, you think, none of that makes sense. Like, what do you mean he's, he's, he's convicted on death row for one half-assed confession and no physical evidence whatsoever? Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's crazy. And the struggle was to get him off of death row. I thought it was really impressive. I thought it was a true story. Um, and I like courtroom dramas. I always find courtroom dramas fun and thrilling and, and exciting. Uh, so, so this is probably more my thing than Quentin's. Or I don't know about Andrew's opinion. She clearly very much liked it. So probably her thing too. I thought this was fun. I thought it was a good movie. Very feel good movie. Most definitely, a, it strikes me a movie that mom would love. It strikes me, you know, what I mean, it's yeah. one of those kind of movies. Um, yeah. Overall, I thought it was quite good. I think tw- thirty nine is way too low. Eight, I think, it's a little silly. I think twenty five seems to be the, the right, <laughs> right where it should be. I think you guys are both silly. I think thirty nine is perfect. I know. In all seriousness, I'd probably yeah fix it up a bit. I, I still don't. And think Michael it's B. Too high. And Michael B. Jordan's performance in it was. I remember it being very good. Yeah, no, it was pretty solid. Yeah. Anything else to add, Andrew? No, I was just going to say, I mean, Tristan's already said it's based on a true story. I've already said I'm a sucker for a true story. And then I was reading what I wrote on Letterboxd. I really liked the ending of it whenever he actually got released. And they all took their little tin cups and they, like, hit the jail bars with him. I remember getting pretty teary-eyed during that scene because it was just so emotional like so i was so glad he was just getting released yeah this is definitely an andrea movie uh just yeah based on true story and mm-hmm. uh, films that are just heartfelt just make you feel good at the end yeah really emotional stories yeah. it was a good one I-, I enjoyed this movie for sure i like it too uh it's, it's another good movie all right another movie that's even better according mm-hmm. to me not so much you two wow oh. we have never rarely sometimes always yeah. Yeah, the person that's the lowest on it is definitely Tristan because I have it at 17. Oh, crap. <laughs> Andrew has it at 11 and Tristan has it at 40. This movie was very okay. That's like, <laughs> yeah, that's I, I'm not, like I don't hate this movie or anything like, like with like, you know, I'm thinking of anything. It's this movie just, it, it wasn't <laughs> for me. Like this movie, it's just, it's just not for me. I didn't particularly love, I thought, okay. I thought this movie was a good experience. Like, I think it's something that you, you know you should most definitely watch once. But I never see any sort of reason as to why I should ever go back to it. You know what I mean? It's one of those movies I thought was a good experience. For those who don't know, it never really sometimes always is. It's about a movie where a, uh, a young girl how old how old is she? She was quite young. Was she like thirteen? Yeah, she's she's underage. That's why there's there's the struggles. Yeah, but if you're if you're seventeen, you're underage. Like she was quite young, wasn't she? I think she was like fourteen. I thought um, she was six. Or was it 15? I was thinking was 15. Ha- I think it was 15. 15? Yeah. Okay, I might be a little too young. Okay. Yeah. 15, uh, and she gets pregnant, and so she has to go and uh, she wants to go get an abortion. And obviously, it's just what the struggles and how difficult it is to get an abortion in the United States. Obviously, it is very difficult. Um, I, I thought this movie, there are things I really liked about the movie. The, uh, the actual scene when she's answering the questions never really, sometimes always. Obviously, there's a question on a survey, you know, you get, you get asked a question. Get the reply. I never realized. And that was always that scene. I thought was really emotional and a uh, pretty tough to watch. This movie, it was good. It mostly it just wasn't a me a thing for me. It wasn't my kind of movie. I didn't think it was that great. It yeah, I'm glad you brought up that scene. Uh, yeah, the the whole film I thought was just a really interesting and horrifying experience to go through. I thought it was a yeah, pretty brutal film. Yeah. 
this movie felt more like an experience than an actual like a movie. Like there wasn't yeah. really too much of like, which a plot I liked. I, I liked the experience. I thought it was a fun experience. Uh, but for me, I, I don't know if I call it fun. I call it more. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was. Uh, it was an experience that I did not expect to have at the start of this film. I had no idea what this was going in, but when I was watching it, I was shocked at just how grounded and dark and real it felt. It yeah. really felt like it was almost a documentary of us following yeah, these two it, girls. Yeah, almost it was a documentary. It, it really like it, it was did that, feel it very real. real. Yeah, which is what I thought was very powerful. But you touched on the best scene of the film. Might be jumping the gun here. Might just be the best scene of 2020. Like it, it, for me, this was insane. Like the whole film, I was just like, yeah, fine, whatever. Like really good movie. I was entranced by the whole moment, but. The scene where she's sitting there and she has that survey where she has to respond with either never, rarely, sometimes, or always. That's the title is basically based on this one scene. And it is one shot. It is about five minutes long, at least, of one shot of this woman just sitting there answering these questions. It does not cut once. It just slowly zooms in on this woman answering these questions. And I thought that was powerful as hell. I I love that scene. I thought that scene was insane. I remember when it started that scene. I was just so mesmerized by it. And just the longer it kept going, my mouth was just hung there open. I was, it was a very powerful scene. I thought I really liked it. Yeah. That moment that, that was easily the best part of the whole yeah. movie. That moment was awesome. I never, I never really cared for the main character too much. I thought her cousin was easily my favorite character in the movie. I thought she was really awesome. Yeah, She was really great. I liked her. I, I liked the yeah. main as well though. I love the lead character. I thought she was very never, rootable. I don't know. I never really connected with the lead. Um, she kind of fell into that randomly teenage angst kind of character for no reason. Um, <laughs> oh no, she's rebellious. Like, uh, like it secret- felt that way. Like, am, am I off though? It, it, like she most definitely was just like that random like teenage angst sort of stereotype once again. And obviously much more real. And yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, movie. she didn't feel as cartoony, but I guess I see what you're saying. Yeah. What What is your opinion here, Andrew? Yeah, you're, you're the just highest on this. So, Andrew, what's your thoughts? I'll be honest. I don't remember ranking it this high. I think more around 17 or 20 is where I should have actually said Oh, you this. mean my ranking is correct again? <laughs> but like, I did I did like it. And I like documentaries. So I kind of like that documentary feel of just basically us following them around. I also agree that the cousin was the best part. The main character, she was a little meh. But... Yeah, the cousin was always so sweet. She was so understanding. And then they meet that one rando guy, and he wants to hang out with him so bad. And, you know, they just keep getting more days in New York. And then the one scene where, like, he all he's wanting to do is make out with her. He doesn't, they don't, he doesn't realize, like, how young she is. Like, she's, like, 15, and he was, like, I think 21, at least, because... He could drink, and I don't know. And then there's the scene where he has her up against the pole, and the cousin comes, and they kind of just lock their pinkies with each other. Yeah, I liked that. I was super emotional, and I just felt bad because she didn't really know like how to get out of get out of what was going on. I thought that part was just weird. That was whacked. Uh, that was crazy. Yeah. That was, I don't know how to feel about that scene. The whole scene, I, I didn't Yeah, know it was very feel. creepy. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was just weird. Because like, on one hand, I agree, like, he didn't know that they were that young, right? If he knew their age, this would be a very different story, right? He had no idea. Uh, but it was still fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I agree. Yeah, 40 might be a little too low. I don't know if this is anywhere near 17 or 11. Uh, it, like I said, it was good experience. Um, it was. I didn't feel like it was much of a movie. I didn't feel like it was, you know, it was more so just like go, going through the steps of how you can get an abortion and say how difficult it is, right? The struggles it, one takes rather than ever actually, you know, feeling more like a movie or, or, or a narrative of any sort. I thought it was good, but not not great. I think it mostly just wasn't for me. It's that's really why I rank it so low. All right, so we can get on to our next film here, which is number twenty. Number twenty. We're in the top third now, guys. We are in the top, top third. third, top twenty. We're here we go. It there. And we have the platform. Oh yeah, that is a film that exists. Okay, it's it is yeah. All right, and I had it right on the dot here at number 20. Andrew oh, had it at go. 36, and Tristan had it at 12. Yeah, I freaking love this one. This one yeah. was cool. This, yeah, no, this, this, this film's movie. great. I really liked it. I, very underrated as well. Yeah, I never once again, never heard of this movie from anywhere or anyone. Maybe because it was a foreign film. I think that's probably the main reason. That's what I chalk it up to. I don't really hear as much about foreign films as I do, obviously, American films. Um, but it was awesome. It yeah. was really awesome. Yeah, this is a Netflix original. Mm-hmm. That was in the top 10 for the first day it was released. It was at number 10, and then it disappeared. Uh, Spencer Confidential came out the same week, and it destroyed it, unfortunately. Oh, my. That's embarrassing. That is imagine. Embarrassing. Imagine. Yeah. Spencer Confidential was terrible. Yeah. I was so embarrassed. I was. I watched both of them that week, and I was so upset that the platform is just getting no love. You know, it's yeah. foreign. What can you expect? It was so good. But um, then even on... Letterbox. Uh, you thought, okay, uh, the casuals on Netflix, they don't like this film. Letterbox didn't like it either. This is a 3.1, yeah. 3.2 on Letterbox, which if you follow that site is pretty low. Yeah. Well, like it's, it's whatever it's, but it's not high for a film. And so uh, I did not have super high expectations and I was blown away. I really like it. I put it at 20. Um, and honestly it was at like 15, 16 for a while, but the last few films I watched in like the last two weeks just kind of start pushing it down a bit, but I still love this movie. I'm very high on it. I think it's super powerful how it's a story about class and about the people on top and the people on bottom. It's symbolism is very over the top. It's very, it's very on the nose. Yeah. It's like very you, on the nose. You get it. Yeah, they, they they really beat it into your mind. Like, people on top, they have everything. People on the bottom, they got nothing. Look at how society is. Yeah, it's very over the top, but it's good. It, I, I really like this movie. I rewatched it with the Andrea, and it holds up. I still had a fantastic time. I really liked it. And that's me in the middle. Uh, you, yeah. you two discuss. You two fight it out. What's your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 12 might be a little high. I don't know. 20 might be a little more accurate here, but I am... I really like this circuit was called like the circle. You remember that one, Quentin? Like more one of those sort of a, uh, I don't know how you describe them. It's all very self-contained. It doesn't really go outside yeah. its parameters in this sort of weird dystopian setup, right? Where people are it basically, we haven't really described it yet at all. If you don't know what it is, it's basically a prison. Um, and there's like about 250 floors in this prison or something like that. So a lot of floors in this prison. And two people live on each floor. Each floor space is just like a bed on one side, bed on the other, and a big hole in the middle, and it's just cement everywhere else. There's a big hole in the middle and a big hole on the on the ceiling, and a platform is lowered from the very top floor down all the way to the bottom floor, and the platform has full of food, and every day it gets lowered. And of course, when it gets to the first platform, people take the food off they want to eat. When it gets to the second platform, people take the food off they want to eat. And by the time it gets to like the 40th floor, there's only scraps left. 
by the time it gets to like the 100th floor, there's just no food left. And there's like 250 floors or something ridiculous, right? So if you're near the bottom floor, you're just going to starve to death. And you're on a floor for, is it 30 days? You're on, you're on a floor and yeah, then every month. you randomly get shuffled back up again into a new floor. Um, and so, yeah, so it's a, uh, your roommate always stays the same though, right? Does your roommate stay the same? Yeah, uh, well, until one of them dies, then yeah. you get a new one. Okay, yeah, your roommate stays the same until one dies, and then you get a new one. Yeah, um, yeah it, it was just sort of about a guy going in there and sort of experiencing this weird sort of prison system sort of thing. And it was it was really cool sort of seeing how, how the food would be div- div- divvied up and there really wasn't any sort of structure. No one would agree. If everyone would agree to take their own, own only what they needed, there would be enough food for everybody. But no one does. They always take as much as they want if you're on the top few floors and you get nothing from the bottom few floors. But if everyone just took exactly what they needed, there would be enough food for everybody. But of course, no one ever does. And so it's a real sort of political or cultural commentary, I guess, on greed and excess in, in the upper classes compared to the yeah, bottom classes. Exactly. It's, it's, it's about, about the nose. Yeah. But as a movie itself, it was very entertaining. I thought the main character was really cool and unique and interesting. His variety of roommates he got were, were, were interesting and unique and different. You know, and it's some twists and turns along the way. I thought overall it was a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. I thought all the characters were fun. They were all about as fleshed out as you would want them to be. And it is very on the nose about the 1% and wealth and how if we just divvied up everything, everybody would be super well off. Instead, it trickles down and the people at the bottom get scraps, get nothing. Uh, so yeah, it's very on the nose, but it's just a very interesting film. I really like it. Uh, and one thing is the end. I know the end is really the hot take with how it ends. Uh, the entire film, we're told that there's this little girl that this mother's trying to hunt down and look for. Uh, her child, It's they're missing somewhere in this tower, and nobody believes them. Uh, and we eventually have our lead character end up in the room with somebody that works for the system. She, uh, she wants to go in and to, uh, to really check out the system and see if maybe she can she fix the cancer. system. Oh yeah. Yeah. She has cancer too. Yes. So she's dying. So she wants to see if she can fix the system before she dies. And she tells him that she heard about this room about a child. They don't allow children in here. There is no child in this system. The wealth and stuff, it doesn't affect children. Like you don't really think of it like that. And then the twist is there is the child hidden on the bottom floor that they ignore. Uh, the people that run this system, they don't even think about how this would affect a child and how they're starving down there. Uh, and so they give them this last piece of food and, they, the, and then they send the child up as a message to the people that run the system. I, I just think that was a cool ending. People kind of thought it was a little cheesy and dumb, but I thought it was a fun ending. Uh, it's, it's about what you would want for the ending to this film. I liked it. Andrea, you were at 36 here. You were lower. What was your thoughts? I mean, it probably could have been a little higher. I feel like this might have been one that got lost in the shuffle again. Uh, But it was good overall. I was going to bring up the child as well on the bottom floor. I thought that was a really powerful uh, statement. And then, you know, this guy goes all the way from the top to the bottom. And then he eventually at the very bottom... He just, he's been through so much. He just kills himself. Yeah. It's crazy. I couldn't believe that he went through all of that. And then at the very bottom, he just couldn't do it anymore. And all he had to do, I think, was four, was it four months or five months in the platform? How much he had left? Yeah. I think he only had one month left. Yeah. Yeah. But like all together, he had to do, okay, it was six months. 
and it was just a crazy journey overall and I really like this more than I thought there were some scenes that were kind of gross because people are literally shoveling food into their mouth and then this one dude on top like when they're close to the top I think they're on like floor seven the couple above them the lady poops on the guy's head yeah like basically just saying we're <clears throat> gonna like shit on you because like we're above you which was I mean I don't know I thought that was another meaning as well yeah. So, yeah, but overall, it was good. Yeah, I remember going into the movie, I was like, ah, I wouldn't need to fire you, Andrew. It's a pretty gross film. And Andrew just instantly goes, people throw up in this, don't they? That was just her, in- yeah, I don't know why that, uh, she hears gross, she instantly thinks of throw up. I know throw up to be seen in this movie. No, there, there was no throw up, in all fairness. <laughs> yeah. So. Blood and shit and pee, but no, no throw up. Yeah, no so gross. maybe not that gross. Maybe not that gross. And a doggy being eight, sad. That's true. No throw up. All right. Uh, do you have anything else to say, Tristan? You're, you're the highest here. No, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot. I like these kind of weird, like a, uh, I don't know, self-contained and some sort of weird yeah. sort of concept kind of movies. Like The Circle is probably the best example I can think of. We had to vote people off one by one by one. Uh, I just love those kind of films. I don't know. I, I think these sort of really self-contained, dystopian, sort of political, social commentary movies I've always really liked, and so I'm not surprised I had it pretty high compared to you guys. I thought this was a really good one. I, I just enjoyed the movie. I thought it was, if, if you're into that sort of stuff, I really check it out. I really think this is worth a watch. It's on Netflix. You know, it doesn't cost you nothing, really, so I'd recommend it. Yeah, if, you, if your choice is this or Spencer Confidential, I definitely recommend this one. Oh, but Quentin, Post Malone is in Spencer Confidential. Oh, oh shit, I forgot about that. No, never mind, I take it back. I can't believe... <laughs> The man. All the freaking action movies on Netflix are just awful. Here we have at number 19. I don't necessarily know what Andrew's doing here, but this might be one that I want to hear her take on. We have First Cow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wait, this is 19, you said? 19. Oh, I think I had this way higher than you guys, then, eh? So our scoring is I have it at 7. Tristan has oh, it at yeah. 9. Wow. Oh my gosh. So it's in both of our top 10s, and Andrea had bring this down as she had it at number 50. (laughs) I hated this movie. (laughs) I thought it was so boring. It was so. This is what I wanted. Slow paced. Like the storyline, it was just too plain and boring, and it was slow, and I just didn't find anything that I liked in it besides the cow was pretty cool. The cow. She just likes cows. (laughs) Yeah, she was very pro cow. I'll, that's fair i'll tell you right now i going into this podcast i thought my two hot takes were going to be kajillionaire which i was right and first cow i was shocked that tristan is with me here i thought this was going to be down there with kajillionaire uh, i thought it was going to be a lost yeah. gem for myself but tristan's on board with me let's go we're we're, we're the cowboys man i okay so i do nothing about this movie okay i added it to the list by the way i was the one who added this to the list i knew legitimately nothing about this movie uh, not a plot description, not a trailer, nothing. I think I saw like the poster, and that yeah. was it. And the poster just shows a cow on like a platform on water or whatever. Nothing, nothing super descriptive. Mm-hmm. So the very first scene. Do you guys remember what the very first shot on the movie was? Do you guys remember? Mm-mm. I forget. Okay, so the very very first shot. For some reason, it showed a cargo ship, like a full like modern day cargo ship, moving across a lake. So I have no idea. This is set back in, like the pioneer age. This is from like like the like the you know. The Yukon Gold Rush is basically where this is set, right? Like mm-hmm. Yukon Gold yeah. Rush sort of era. 
that sort of place, they pioneers. But the very first shot, for some random reason, is, a, is an entire cargo ship. And so the first 20 minutes, it then pivots, like, you know, the main characters, whatever, and they're hunting beaver pelts, you know, in back in the frontier ages, like, you know, pioneer America. I was so confused on which where this was set. I, I didn't know if these guys were, like, just, like, hermits living in the forest. It wasn't until they got to, like, the fort. I'm like, no, this is... This is most definitely pioneer age. This is all back in the day. And so I was pretty confused by it. But once I, once I figured out and figured out what the plot was and, you know, the cow came in and the, the plot really kicked in, I was super on board. I thought this was awesome. Um, the yeah. cinematography was great. I agree with Andrea and a lot of other people with the big critique that it is slow. I think the first 30 minutes of this movie could have been cut down to maybe five minutes worth of stuff. Like, I feel like this movie really doesn't kick in the face of about 30 minutes in when the cow gets in and you start figuring out the actual plot. Uh, but once that came in, I was on board. I loved it once that hit. It just took a while to get there. Yeah, me and you, we're on the exact same page here because that's my complaint was I think yeah. the first 30 minutes were very slow. And I was like, oh, no, am I not going to like I was kind of excited for this. I knew nothing about it. I just heard it was good. So I was disappointed yeah. at the beginning. But yeah, once that cow popped in. It got really exciting. I just thought the story was so unique. I thought the cinematography was gorgeous. I thought the two characters, how they fed off each other, their relationship felt natural and necessary. I just thought all of it was just really good. It was very slow paced. It's a slow burn film, but it's because it's just an experience. It just felt so natural and so gorgeous. I really liked this movie. I thought it was a beautiful film. Yeah, I thought this was was awesome. Yeah, it's not really, I guess like, I really enjoy this movie. I'm kind of even surprised that I enjoyed it because it's not particularly my thing, but I found myself really liking this movie. Yeah. I really feel like if they would have... I also the ending was a little abrupt. Do you guys feel like the ending kind of just yeah. came out of nowhere? Yeah. That's what I said. Really yeah. abrupt. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I, thought, uh, I thought the ending was a little bit of a slow burn. Uh, like the last 15 minutes, it's kind of like, eh, what's like- my we wanted ending. we wanted one of the guys to get caught and like, I don't know, something to happen. I feel like then- they... Yeah, see, I agree. I feel like either or have them like find someone. They both kind of it kind of just ends them in the middle of the forest, still running, not gotten to a location yet, but they kind of like sit down to take a break and it ends. I feel like if they cut out the first 30 minutes and add those 30 minutes to the end to give us more of a resolution, this would have been a much better movie overall. But that middle, like that middle 45 minutes, that was great, you know what I mean? And the cinematography the whole time is great, the set design was fantastic. The costumes look good. It's it's very Oscar pushed movie, so all it's all on par with what you expect from an Oscar pushed movie in all those kind of regards. I really enjoy this. I enjoyed it a lot more than than I thought I would. Um, not that I had any expectations going into it. Um, I just kind of picked it because everyone else had all these like you know high acclaimed movies on their lists, and my list movie was mostly consisting of like Second Society, Second Born Royals, and We Can Be Heroes. I'm like, man, I gotta get at least something on there that's, that's worth anything. So I picked this one. This, hopefully, it'll win an, hopefully it'll win an award or two and I can feel justified, but we'll see. I, I don't think this, it's going to get a single nomination. Uh, this is you know what I'm noms? For the Oscars? Uh, you were saying this is an Oscar push film. This is like an indie film. Like It's a very well-made film that I just yeah. don't think is going to get any recognition from the Oscars. It's not even getting any critic nominations. We'll see. We'll see. This is my, this is my pick. This okay. Is my, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I like it. This, was this is actually... me throwing my hat in the ring. All right. This is a film that I was thought about picking for a long time, and I'm glad I didn't pick it since I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, you're going in. I'm happy that someone you know you hated it. Like, you know, it's good to to have disagreements on movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, going in. I'm just saying, going in. 
Andrea was very excited for Kajillionaire and, and First Cow. She was stoked for both. And I walked in and I was like, uh, these both sound like weird titles. I know yeah. nothing, nothing about these movies, but well, let's give them and a shot. And one of them was really good, and the other one was only mediocre. Nope, uh, both are top 10. I love them both. I thought they were both really good. Uh, First Cow, I do think it's a gorgeous looking film. I think it's just a fun experience. I don't know if I'd, I wouldn't recommend this to everybody, but anybody no, that likes fun. to have just go into a film and just have a unique visceral experience, I would recommend this. I think it's a very fun film. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was good. I like the the main plot of it. I like, I like what happened there. I like that. Yeah, uh, quick little plot summary. It's about two guys that end up stealing the milk from a cow that isn't theirs and then makes profit off of it. So it's kind of like yeah. these two guys trying to go below the line here and try and uh, survive off of someone else's cow. And then they're also selling the donuts or whatever they are to the guy they're stealing the milk from. Yeah, they're selling the pastries to the guy that owns the cow. So it gets very fun. Yeah, but I thought all all of that was awesome. Great. I love it. I'm with you, Tristan. All right. Here we are at number 18. Uh, Andrew was the outlier for this one, but I'm the outlier now, and that's going to be for Troop Zero. And who, which does not star the same guy as the one in <laughs> I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, I was, I apologize. I screwed up a lot in this podcast. I screwed up on that one. My opinion for thinking of ending things is still correct, but my <laughs> my, my assumption is I thought they look very similar. I I am still shocked that it's not the same person. Anyways, moving on from Tristan's confusion, I have it at 37, Andrew has it at number 10, and Tristan has it at 17. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first or Andrew? You guys are the, obviously the most polar. I'm right in the middle somewhere. So I'll you quickly guys... just give my thought. I don't have much to say, so Andrew can really go into this no, on fine. her end. I watched this by myself very early on. Like I think the week this came out on Amazon Prime is a good exclusive for Amazon Prime. I watched this, I don't even know when it came out, February maybe? It was a long time ago. I think this would be the one that I regret not rewatching the most because it's just been such a while. And I remember liking it when I watched it. And I remember when I watched it, I was like, oh, Andrew and Tristan are really going to like this, I bet. And I was right. So you, this definitely felt like an Andrea and Tristan kind of movie. It's just a very heartfelt, happy film like Andrea loves. And it's about young people like i think tristan really loves like kids and youth and like it's a very coming of like age family film. movies all right i like kids movies yeah just likes um, feeling like a kid again and so like i i knew yeah. both you guys would love it i i remember really liking it i remember having a great time and i have it at 37 i like the movie it's close it's middle of the road for me i do think it's a very fun film and this is actually one i even though i have it low i would actually recommend this to most families i think it's a good movie for kids but Andrew, uh, you have this in your top 10, and uh, I'm, I'm happy it's this high. I do think it's a good movie. So tell us, Andrew, why it deserves its spot at number 18. Yeah, no. This was one of my favorite films, even though I watched it very early on in the year. Christmas Flint is, she's awkward, she's funny, she's... She's something, and people really know don't know when to take her serious. And she's growing up with just her father. Her mother's passed away, and she is just beyond adorable. She loves space, and she finds out that if she is in a Girl Scout troop, 
that they can be in a contest and if they win, they'll get to do something with NASA. And she really wants to do that because she believes her mom's up in the stars. And it's super heartfelt. She basically gets this group of misfits together just so she can be in this Girl Scout troop. And it just shows how hard she works to get everything together. And then she finds a group leader, which is great because the group leader doesn't even want to be the group leader. And the best part of the whole film is just whenever they actually do their, their uh, musical contest setup thing, it is the best part. Like, it's so good. They did so much better than the other group that ends up winning. But in the middle of it, she ends up well, Spoilers, Andrew. You can't say who wins it. Oh! Just kidding. <laughs> like... No one wins it. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, I know. But she ends up peeing her pants because she has an issue with peeing her More pants. More spoilers, Andrew. You can't go into this much detail. <laughs> You're wrecking the movie. Are we wrecking all the movies? No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Um, anyways, just overall, it's just a really good, it's a really good film, and I, like Quentin said, I feel like most families would really like the film. Yeah, I absolutely, I love this movie. I thought this movie was fantastic. Yeah, I knew Tristan would. It yeah, it's super heartfelt. It's got a really great story. I love how weird Christmas Flint is, the main girl. She's super weird, and I really like that. And they, uh, they band together this mishmash of a, uh, hoodlums to create a Girl Scout troop called Troop Zero. That's the only number left. So does that mean no more groups can be made after that? I don't know. But apparently the last number left was zero. So they're troop zero. And they, uh, they, have, they all have to get like badges in order to, to a, uh, get into the jamboree. So it's oftentimes with them trying to get badges to get into the jamboree. And once they get there, you know, they have this really great performance. I love the performance. There. I thought that was the scene where they do their performance. Uh, I thought it was super emotional and really well done. And they, uh, the bad guys in this in this movie, they're, they're antagonists, I guess. They're, they're the opposing Girl Scout troop from the same town. They are truly evil. They're probably, like, maybe the most evil antagonists of any movie this year. You're telling me they're more evil than Edison? I, I don't think so. Uh... Well, he wasn't an antagonist, sorry. That man was pure evil, but he wasn't the antagonist. All right, okay. true. Um, these guys, they, they were truly despicable. I hated them more than Thanos. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Like they were, they were terrible, and, and yeah, I thought it was a super cute movie. It's a great, a great family movie. But here's the issue: I have like younger siblings; they would hate this movie. Like I, I would put this on, and Hayden and Jada would just complain. Hayden in particular, they wouldn't take this; they would hate it. Even mom would love it, but they Horrible would hate taste. it. So I watched this a lot on my own. It's yeah. super. It's such a good movie for a family. It's a great story. I don't know why it kind of reminded me of that movie, How to Eat Fried Worms, but better. It was like if that movie was good. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I blocked that one out. Yeah, I knew, I knew Tristan would like this one. I remember a few days ago, Andrew was getting a little nervous that you and Welling wouldn't like any of her picks. And I was like, Andrew, you got nothing to worry about. I guarantee you, Tristan's going to like this one. Troop Zero, I, like, I guarantee it. Tristan's liking this. Oh, yeah. How can you not? It's the, How can you not love this movie? It's everything you want. It's lovable characters. It's funny. It's cute. It's heartfelt. Every, it's so good. I it's love a good movie. I, I should probably rewatch it. I do remember really liking that. Like the performance scene, the ending is a very good ending. The ending is very is very touching. Yeah, yeah. it was very emotional. I got I got I got happy. Yeah, I got it, it touches the soul for sure. The main girl does a great job for 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 a child yeah. actress. I thought she crushed. No, no she's a great child actress. 
All right, so we can go on to number 17 here. We're starting to get close to the end, but this one is another film that's in Andrew's top 10. We got two back-to-back -back here, and this one's going to be Bad Education. I have it at number 23, Andrew has it at number five, and Tristan has it at 35. So quite a bit of a difference here. Uh, I wanna hear Andrew's thoughts first. Uh, this is a very good film. This is another one that I feel like I need to rewatch, especially because it's on Hulu. I'll, I'll rewatch it with you because I remember liking it and it kind of just started to fall a bit on the wayside as I started adding more films to the list. Yeah, that's what happened to me. I had it at 35, exactly the half of Quentin. It kind of got lost in the shuffle. I watched this one early on and it was good for sure, but it was nothing that really stood out to me yeah. as being like phenomenal, phenomenal. So it kind of just kept getting bumped down over time. But correct me um, if I'm yeah. wrong, this is also based on a true story, right, Andrea? This is a true story. Yeah, so I would definitely yeah. love to hear Andrew's slides here because this is a... Uh, Pretty crazy story about. It's pretty wild, yeah. yeah. It's most definitely wild. It's very wild. I thought the, I thought Hugh Jackman was great. I thought uh, they started turning on each other. I think that's very fun. Um, I remember I thought when after we watched Attorney Andrew, I was like, you know, that kind of like gave me Game of Thrones vibes, but for teachers. Like, you know, it's the teachers Game of Thrones. Like, there was like twists and turns. There were no heroes or villains. I thought it was pretty good. But here, uh, Andrew, you can quickly give like a summary of the film. Let us know how great this film is. I mean, it, like Quentin said, it's based on a true story. I'm a sucker for true stories. And it's basically about a school board and the fact that they've been like, I don't know if laundering money is the right thing, but they've basically just been taking money from the school for like 20 years or something like that. It's been a very long-term thing. And then you have your two main actor and actress, uh, Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney. And they're the two that have basically been doing all the laundering of this these funds. And it eventually just crumbles down. like, And they get found out. And I don't know. It's, it's just such a good story. Like Quentin said, they start turning on each other. And I don't know. It just it gets kind of kind of nasty. And yeah. You're just kind of shocked. You're like, wow, is this like really happening? And it all just happens because Alice and Janie's son makes one stupid little mistake, and someone catches on, and it's all downhill from yeah. there. But it definitely will just like keep you on the edge of your seat. This is a crazy story. Maybe on a rewatch, I'll have it higher because I do think it, it's just a wild trip that we go through. I remember after we watched it, Andrew was like, wow, this, this lead actor was incredible. Hugh Jackman? He's really good. Well, what's he in? She like pulled up his archives and she was like, I don't know, you know he's in a bunch of stupid superhero movies. Well, well, he's good in this. Yeah, yeah she, Andrew was whoa, all whoa, ready whoa. to start watching Hugh his Jackman's movies. Great. Have you guys seen The Greatest Showman? If y'all like musicals, you're going to love it. I need to watch that. I, no, mean, I love the, one of the lead songs from there that Zac Efron sings, yeah. Yeah. And he's also great in Logan. Logan's another really good movie. Yeah, I was trying to tell Andrew. I was trying to explain that to her. Uh, maybe she'll like it. Love to watch maybe. it. But yeah, um, this is a good one. And yeah, Andrew was full on into it when we were watching it. Uh, it's good. I, I do really like it. It's, it's just a crazy story. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, the story's crazy. Yeah, I think that's the biggest draw. Like, there's just no moments in this movie that I really remember being like, oh my God. You know what I mean? Like This movie, was just, it was just good. Uh, yeah. But this was definitely a good movie. No, I like it. It's a good one. Another Andrew pick. That was a good one, Andrea. 
All right, so we can move on to number 16 here. Uh, we're all kind of on the same page, I think. Uh, maybe. We have at number 16 here, Mank. Uh, I'm definitely the one that's the highest based on the scoring here. I have it at 12. Andrea has it at 28. And Tristan has it at 21. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're all pretty close. Like, we're all, you know, we all think it's good, but not quite top 10, right? It's yeah. sort of where we're all Like, Andrea are. has it 15 lower than me. And yeah, that's it makes sense. Uh, it, it makes sense. I was a lot higher on this than Andrea. This film was just really great. I really do like this movie. Uh, the reason why it's not in my top 10 is it's just really hard to emotionally connect with it. It is very technically amazing, but emotionally not. And it's crazy because this is based on Citizen Kane, which I made Andrea watch beforehand. That movie came out in 1941. That film is way older than this one. And somehow a film back then is able to still emotionally resonate with us. It's in my top 20 of all time. Andrew gave it a 4.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. She really liked it as well. And then Mank comes out, and I like it. It's a 4 out of 5 for me. I, it's a really great film. I had a great time watching it. Technically, it's beautiful. It feels like you're watching a film from the 40s. I think the aesthetics, the production design, everything is great. Cinematography, beautiful. But uh, it's just so weird to me that I'm able to emotionally connect with a film from the 1941 in Citizen Kane, the movie it's based on. And in this movie, just I, I watched it. I loved it. I felt like I was watching another film from the 40s. It just it did not do anything more for me. Don't uh, don't all run at once here. Yeah, Andrew, I can go. I'll talk now. I have some things to say about this movie. Uh, first of all, it's most definitely a good movie. Like I, I'm not. I don't want to like, come off like I'm gonna shit on this movie or anything. I like it. It's most definitely a good movie. Things I really like about this movie: cinematography was fantastic. Uh, Amanda Siegfried was phenomenal. She was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I thought the um, the main guy uh, was Gary Oldman. He was most definitely good. He was really good. I, I think he was overshadowed, overshined by uh, the, Amanda Siegfried's performance, but I, I thought he was most definitely very good. Um, but now, things things I didn't like about this movie, there's too much stuff going on in the plot. It tried to tackle the the socio-political climate of the 1940s, uh, or I guess 1930s at the time. When was, this was set, 30s or 40s, like late 30s, early 40s, something like that. I think so. Um, it went over his his experience with a uh, uh, Amanda Siegfried's character and her husband, who are obviously possibly or possibly not, depending on, on your, what you believe, the sources for uh, Citizen Kane and his second wife, and then also arguably between the main character Harold Mankiewicz—that's his name, right? Harold Mankiewicz, um, and and a uh, Orson Welles, the director, and uh, possibly or possibly not co-writer of the movie Citizen Kane. It, it just tackled a lot. All three plots kind of, at some point, each one seemed to be only half-baked because they're trying to tackle so much. Particularly the one I thought was most interesting at the end of the movie, but the one that I felt was probably overshadowed the most, and that was the conflict between Harold Mankiewicz and Orson Welles. I didn't really know that, that was supposed to be the main conflict of the movie until the very end when it came up. And it came up right at the very end of the movie. I'm like, oh, crap, this is starting to get really good. And then the movie ended. I'm like, oh, man. I wish they saw more of that part of the movie and less of the political climate of the 1930s. 
Because although I'm not saying the stuff, the political climate stuff isn't important to today, I didn't care about that anywhere near as much as I cared about the inspiration for Citizen Kane characters and the 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 conflict between the the writer and the director of the movie. Those two storylines were most definitely more compelling to me than the political stuff. And I'm a guy who likes politics. I'm I'm interested in politics and I'm interested in history and history of politics. But that was still the most easily the most boring parts of the movie. That I just didn't care about. Um, but I think what this I think the issue with this movie though. And I think a lot of the reason why a lot of people have this not as high or, or aren't pricing this as much as they wanted to is this movie basically did like the you know the old prison yard strategy where you go up to the biggest biggest dog in the prison yard and challenge him to a fight. That's basically what this movie did. It chose the most critically acclaimed movie of all time, Citizen Kane, and goes, "We're going to directly compare ourselves to that movie." And then we're surprised when they didn't when they came up a little short. You know what I mean? Like, of course, it's not going to compare to Citizen Kane, arguably the greatest movie of all time, the most critically acclaimed movie of all time. And it chose that one to go up and pick a fight with. Of course, it's not going to compare to that. You know what I mean? Like, like no movie has in, in decades. And so I think it kind of shot itself in the foot before it got out of the, before it got out of the race. And so I think that's part of the reason why is critical reception isn't as grand as it was hoping or Quentin was hoping or other people were hoping. And that, and I think the convoluted plotline, it was trying to do too much in already a long run time. I feel they got rid of all the political stuff and just kept the personal story of Mank meeting Amanda Siegfried's character and her husband, and then keeping the uh, more professional conflict between Harold Mankiewicz and Orson Welles. I think it's be more concise and overall a more a movie more people would be able to connect with on a personal level. That Quinn was talking about how you couldn't connect with it because I think a lot of political stuff is a little polarizing and not really fitting in. Yeah, I agree with you completely. The politics stuff for the stuff that didn't interest me in the slightest. Uh, especially somebody that follows 40 films. I don't follow 40 politics, so it was not really my thing. And yeah, the film was in my top three most anticipated of the year. And so I'm definitely was disappointed in the movie, but it's still at 12. I still thought it was a gorgeous film. I'd be down to watch it again. Another top three of the year, eh, Mulan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great difference between this and Mulan. Not as much of a disappointment. What was the other one in your top three? I'm just curious. Oh, well, uh, it doesn't really count anymore. French Dispatch, so. Right, yeah, it kind of didn't come out. Yeah, so now it's my most anticipated for 2021, and maybe 2022. We'll see how many years I'm anticipating. Yeah, he's still excited for it. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. I'm still hyped. Uh, Andrew, you were the lowest on it. What's your thoughts on it overall? Yeah, I just think they were trying to fit too much into this movie. There were too many storylines, and I just really wasn't as interested as I wanted to be and I don't think this does great justice to Citizen Kane. I just didn't think it was that great but I mean I can still respect it. Yeah like I remember going into both the movies Andrew was like uh like you know it's movie it's a movie from the 40s and movie based on the 40s like whatever and then after she watched Citizen Kane she's like okay hey let's watch Meg. Like, mm-hmm. let's go. Like she was like really hyped after Sizzit Kane. So it definitely, it's just hard to compare. That's all. It's I, just, that's the thing. It picked the biggest dog in the yard and challenged him to a fight. And, <laughs> yeah. it, started, and it got his ass handed to him. Yeah. yeah. But that's okay. Cause it was a big dog. It shows, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was a big fucking movie. To pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. They picked a big dog. You gotta have, be real brave and real confident to pick the go up against Citizen Kane and go, we're going to make a movie just as good as that. Like you gotta be real confident. Yeah. And you know um, who wrote the screenplay for this, right, Trust? Uh, I, I, I probably knew, but I can't remember. Okay, it's David Fincher's dad. Uh, it was the last screenplay he wrote before he passed away. So this was always a project of David Fincher. 
I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. See, I knew once you mentioned, I would know. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Um, so David Fincher was really. He's been wanting to do this for decades. He's been asking companies, and nobody's been giving him the opportunity. And Netflix gave him the I'm opportunity. I'm surprised no one would, because this seems like a movie that would sell decently well for its budget, budget well, size. David Fincher's a known actor. He's a, I mean, not actor, director. He's a known quantity. Right, but this is a black and white movie based on a film in the 40s that takes place in the 40s. It doesn't surprise me that companies were a little skeptical. Like, this did not do well on Netflix. It, I don't think it would have done fair. well marketing-wise. That's why I do like what Netflix. Netflix is pretty willing to take risks on certain movies. And I'm pretty sure uh, it's not super confirmed, but Netflix made this deal in a contract that David Finch will make his next one or two movies with Netflix. I, I thought it was a three or four movie contract. Which Maybe, is yeah, yeah, it might have been more, yeah. But I know that um, I'm pretty sure it's, I think it's confirmed that, yeah, there's a contract. So they were like, okay, we'll scratch your back and you scratch ours. Like, we'll give you Mank and you have to make your next, like, movie, like, next few movies with us. And I think that's a win-win for both sides. Yeah. I mean, no, this no, no. This is huge. David Finch, yeah. Fincher gets uh, to make the project that he's always wanted to make for his father, and now Netflix gets one of the best modern directors working for them. I think it's great. I'm excited to see what other movies come from that deal. Yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm a big Fincher stan. Uh, when we did the Fincher ranking, I already went to great lengths about it. I thought Mink was good, but not great. Uh, it most definitely had its flaws, but it is a good movie. If you're interested in the history of filmmaking, I will definitely give it a watch. If that doesn't strike your fancy, it probably just won't be for you. All right, so we can move on to number 15 here. And that is going to be the only one that I own, Invisible Man. Ah, you own this one, eh? So I have it at number 18. Andrew has it at number 20. And Tristan has it at number 14. So this one, we're kind of back on the same page here. We're all within six yeah. spots. I am surprised I have the highest. Only because I know this is like a top 10 for quite a few people's lists and stuff. So yeah. I wasn't too sure how high you guys would have been on it. Yeah. Great modern day horror movie. Modern, a modern day take on a, uh, a classic uh, horror icon, The Invisible yeah. Man. This time tackling the idea of domestic abuse and domestic violence and how even when you leave the relationship, uh, the past still haunts you. And they, uh, I thought I tackled that really gracefully. Uh, her name is Elizabeth Moss, right? I'm not about yep. to screw up her name yes. here. Um, she was fantastic in this. She she was also also the lead of Shirley. This yeah. was easily her far better performance of the year. Not like she wasn't good in that, but she just really crushed it in this one. Yeah, I great. thought she was fantastic. I thought this was just a really great movie. Tackled important issues, all while being scary and interesting and bringing a classic character into the modern day. And I enjoy all of those things. I agree. I think a uh, modern take on a classic horror John, uh, a classic horror film i thought it was done very well and yeah the domestic abuse was also very well done just overall i thought the film was fun i still think one of the coolest shots in this film has to be when she throws the paint down the stairs and it just splashes on the outfit that was, that cool. was cool like that that was like hey uh i was shitting on his house uh but that was a jump scare that was good. Like that, like that got me. And I thought that that was just like a really cool jump scare. Cause I didn't see it coming. I thought it was going to be her once again, just imagining he's there and it was just going to hit nothing. So I just thought it was cool how that happened. I thought the film had a really good pacing. The beginning was very slow and then it slowly started to turn into like a more horror monster action film. I thought it was fun. I had a really good time with it. My biggest issue and it drives me, I wish that scene just never existed, was when she's in the restaurant with her sister, telling her about what's going on, 
and then the knife floats in the air and slits her sister's throat and then the knife falls into Elizabeth Moss's hand and then everyone turns around and they're like, oh my gosh, she killed her own sister. That is just ridiculously cheesy because, you know, uh, if this is with modern technology, with a modern suit, you're telling me the restaurant has no cameras or not a single person saw a floating knife. I just, I, that, the whole scene just seemed ridiculously dumb. But aside from that scene, really great. What was your thoughts, Andrea? I liked it. Um, we watched it at the beginning of the year, and this was still one that made it pretty far for yeah. me, being in my top 20. Big year for Elizabeth Moss. She had a few roles, obviously, that we've already talked about. Um, and yeah, she was great in this. She really held her own. I really hadn't seen her in anything before this film. And I liked whenever she like found the suit. Like she knew the suit was a thing, but like she had never actually seen it. And then, you know, she goes back into his house, she finds it, and then she uses it against him, which was great. Yeah, that uh that ending was great. I agree. The ending was awesome, yeah. yeah I think her finding the suit and then hiding the suit and then using it later. It paid off well. You like you saw it coming. You knew it was happening, and it was just great. So I know I agree. It was with real you. satisfying. It was really satisfying. It was a very satisfying ending. I I had a great time with it. Uh, and that's a good point, Andrew. How this is one that it was the first film I saw way at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's been forever. It was just impactful. Yeah, and it still has all made yeah. it to our top twenty. That's a good point. I mean, I only watched it over the summer there somewhere. Uh, maybe that's what's a little higher on mine. I don't know. Uh, I, didn't, well, I didn't watch this at the beginning. I missed it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Just doing other things, watching other stuff, I guess. And it wasn't until midway through the summer I think I picked it up. And it was, it was great. Very good movie. All right. So we can make it on to number 14 here. And that is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And so at number 14, I'm the big guy that dragged this back. I put it at number 31. Oh. Andrew put it at 13. And Tristan put it at 7. Yeah, uh, I like this movie a lot. I thought this movie was awesome. I thought the performances in it were great. I like jazz music in general, so I thought that was really cool seeing. You know, I also like a. Uh, I, I just liked it in general. Um, the entire movie I thought was fantastic. Uh, it wasn't too long. It was. It was just very good. It was great. Number seven might be a little high. I, I, maybe Andrew might have it right here, like thirteen. Yeah, no, I. Why did I'm, you do I know it's it's, so low. I know it feels like I put it really low, but like it's just a film that I look and I appreciate, uh, almost like Mank. Even though I much preferred Mank, Uh, it was a film that I can look and go, yeah, that's a pretty well-made film. I loved the costumes. I hope it gets nominated and even wins for the Oscars. I think the costumes were great, and I love the performances. I think the two main performances. If either of them win lead actor or actress, I'd be happy. I think they were both great. Uh, they should at least get nominated. So it's just a film that like, I can look at and go, yeah, I admire this and that and this. I think Chadwick Boseman, I think, not getting to spoilers, his character makes some decisions that seemed very rash to me. I didn't really love some of the choices. And I didn't like the length, but at the same time, I just felt like it was sh- short enough that I didn't really emotionally get connected to anybody. I kind of just looked at it from a plain view and just went, yeah, this is a good movie. At 31, I had a great time. I liked it. I'd it's watch way, it again. It's bottom half, man. You can't say this is 
in the bottom half of the movies that came out this year. That's ridiculous. Well, it's right, it's right on the half. It, it's, it's the bottom of it, though. In fairness, I've seen 100 movies, so this would still be like number 34 overall for 34 out of 100. So overall, it's not far Too low, too low. All right, this is, this is, I think seven is probably too high. This might not be a top 10. This was definitely a top 20, I think. I think, I think this movie was great. I thought the performances were really good. Um, the performances are what carry the movie, but I am. Um, it was it was really well done. The costumes, the setting. I also just really like personally. This is like the kind of weird thing that happened in the movie. Seeing how they would record the old records, I That's just true. like I liked that. Showing how you know all the work they would have to. How would they record an old record back in the sixties or fifties, right? Like they didn't have any sort of modern day recording software. I thought that was cool. That's just like a small thing that happened in the film that I enjoyed watching. Uh, I, I yeah, I really like this. And Andrea, what's what's your thoughts? I know you love Viola Davis in this. Yeah, I do. She was great. I feel like she deserves. Did you say she's going to be up for main actress or supporting or? She would still fall under lead. Lead. So you yeah. think so? Well, it, it all depends on what the studio pushes her for, right? I can see Netflix pushing her for supporting because they think they got a better chance. No, of no, no. But they've already announced that she'd be running for lead. Oh, that's. Oh, they've already said they're pushing her for that because yeah. I don't know if she's going to be going to win that one. Yeah, I agree. It's a little tougher. I thought they could have gotten away with supporting for this. Dang. Yeah, because they could have pushed her for that. And uh, I think she probably would have had a really good chance at winning. I can't see her winning best lead for this one. Only yeah. if she wasn't in it enough. And there's some really steep comp this year. Some really steep competition. I think she still has a chance. I, she I, was, think, I think Viola Davis always has a chance. Uh, I think she's a phenomenal actress. Yeah, I think she has a pretty good shot. Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. I thought she was amazing in this. She definitely deserves to win something for this and i just i love how much power she has in this <laughs> just to see this time frame you know a black woman having that much power over these white men it was i loved it it was great and she was just perfect yep yeah every time she yelled at the white men and she just like under her breath i can hear her go yes queen yeah yeah and i also like how you saw how she how she felt like she needed to always be in control of of it. If not, they would take control of her. Yeah, and we saw that with Chadwick Boseman's character, how he wouldn't you know take charge. He kind of let people walk on him, and how they would just walk over him. They took his music, and uh, I really like the very end scene how you saw yeah. them a uh, take Chadwick Boseman's music, and yeah. they're recording the same song with white people. They paid five dollars for the song, which is ridiculous, and they're recording it, and they're going to make lots of money off of it with white people instead. That was that was crazy. I agree that, with that, you. Yeah, the ending was a really good shot. Yeah, that was a strong. And we all knew it was happening. We all knew it was going to happen. And when it, yeah. when it came up, was, oh man, that still hit hard. That was yeah. hard. No, it's it's, it's a, a great punch. No, I agree. A really good scene here. Uh, anything else we want to say about Ma Rainey? It's just a good movie. Great performances. This is a movie that's very carried by the performances. Um, and also even some of the like other band musician members. I thought they had great performances also. The tuba player, I thought the, I don't know their names, unfortunately. But even beyond just Chadwick and, and Viola, there were some great performances in this movie. Yeah, no, uh, the, it was a good cast. I liked it. All right, we can move on to number 13 here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just discussed one film in Tristan's top 10, and the trend is continuing because at number 13, we have Soul. Is this only in my top 10? Yeah, this is only in Tristan's top 10. You guys are heartless. 
So I have it at number 21. Andrew has it at number 24. And Tristan has this in his top five, baby, at number five. Number five. All right. This, yeah, this movie is just, it, it's just fun. It's a good, it, it's a really, really good movie. Um, I had high expectations of this movie going into it. It not what I expected, but I enjoyed what happened in it. I enjoy I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, it's good. Uh yeah, it was not what I expect expected. It wasn't as good as I was hoping. I did feel like this almost fell back into the category of inside out for me, where it was just two films that I just didn't resonate with as much as I was hoping. I liked the movie. I liked a lot of kind of what they were going with here, but uh, I don't know, it was Turning into the cat was a twist that uh, I didn't love. See, I hated it when it happened. Right when, it, right when he woke up in the cat, so I'm like, ah, oh, this is stupid. But then after like five minutes of watching it with that happening, I'm like, you know what? I get where they're going with this and I like it. I'm okay with this. I thought, I thought it worked pretty well. I thought for the most part it didn't. However, the best scene was where they had to make this work. And that was when we kind of started to see 22 live a better life than the main character himself in his own body. Like I loved for me, the best scene was when they're in the barbershop and he starts yeah, asking that was questions. Amazing. That was awesome. Great scene. I started kind of getting all excited. It was a very fun scene and it kind of just lets you realize like you get so involved in your own life. You're so focused on one thing, one spark, one thing that you think you're existing for that you don't actually stop and just appreciate life. You didn't stop to appreciate anybody around him. He was just too busy talking about jazz. I do think that's an important message for a lot of people. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, Andrew, you're your lowest, uh, only by three for me, but uh, what was your thoughts on the movie? I mean, I'm kind of like you. It wasn't exactly what I was expecting. I mean, I do think that, I'm going to say this word wrong, Pixar. <laughs> Did I say it wrong? No, you got it right this time. Okay. I just think they had a better film this year. That's all. And I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. But I, this movie... Keep going. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, it's good. I, I was just going to say, I just... I don't know. I just just don't think I really vibed with it as much as I wanted to. I know that we were really expecting a lot out of it. So maybe we just had too high of expectations. I think that's part of it. You two were... I, like, I know Quentin was very, very excited. And I was excited for it. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I most definitely had a little more tempered expectations, I think, than he did. Um, and I still, I, I, I'm I, hesitant to say I walked out disappointed. I don't know. I walked out pretty much on par with what I was expecting. Uh, different, but, but, but equally as good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I very much enjoyed it. It wasn't as heart-hitting as I was wanting it to be. And five, like, hindsight might be a little high. I don't think this was a top ten film, though. Just maybe not quite top five. Film. Five might be a little That's Maybe fair. more of like, Maybe more like a seven or eight kind of kind of level, um, but I, I do love this movie. Second movie in a row in my top ten about black people and jazz music. I think I'm just, you know, I got I got a thing for it. I love it. This is probably a little more, maybe more of an adult Pixar movie than some of their other offerings yeah. that might be a little more for kids. This has like my, to be, my yeah. younger siblings didn't like this one at all. They they weren't fans. Yeah, this has to be their most adult film. This or Ratatouille. I was thinking Ratatouille is more of an adult film than a kids I... movie in general. That's fair. I think those would be the top two. I was just going to say, also, just uh, I really liked the scene where they went to go visit uh, visit his mom. And then, I don't know, I thought it was really sweet that, like, she was like, well, here's your dad's tuxedo. 
I thought that was a really sweet Very moment. Very nice moment. Mm-hmm. I really thought you were going to mention the part when the old lady asks, give me a kiss. And you got to give a kiss. I always give her a kiss. And she goes and kisses her right on the lips. <laughs> that was hilarious. That part was funny. And my favorite was all the uh, different mentors 22 had. That was good. Yeah, th- th- that was funny. I also love how they um, how they made the great beyond and the great before, you know, in ways that are friendly for kids, but still pretty, you know, pretty existential and pretty cool looking. I like how they use like the um, Pat um, Pascal. Is that the artist's name? Um, Picasso. I'm yes. an idiot. Uh, Picasso. A as uh, a uh, light drawings for the. Jerry's and Harry, you know what I mean? Like the white people. I thought that was really well done. It looked really cool. I like this movie a lot. This is most definitely one I'll revisit. I just love Pixar movies in general, and they really hit it hard with two fantastic movies this year. And this is the first on our list, so the other one's even higher. So Yeah, I, uh, yeah cool. I like this movie. I have it at 21. I'm a big fan of Soul. Like, I thought it was fine. It's just I feel like a lot of people – think this is the masterpiece that I just don't see it as yeah. it is. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great film. I know Tristan's higher yeah. on animated films. I think we'll notice that a lot when we get to this, these later movies, especially uh, <laughs> Trolls World Tour sucked balls and he still gave it like 12 spots higher than me. So I think Tristan's just a big animated guy. I, I'll be the first. Yeah, look, everyone has biases. And I think when you look at like critics and reviewers, don't look for people who claim that they are not biased. Everyone's biased. Yeah. Just find someone whose biases that you, you either agree with or you understand or one you completely disagree with. And watch those people so you can start getting an expectation of whether you're going to agree with them and like these movies or you disagree with them and maybe you won't like those movies. I love animated films. I'll be the first to admit it. So, of course, I'm probably going to be a little higher on animated films than Quentin Andrea. <laughs> dramas I enjoy, but I don't love dramas as much as Quentin Andrea loves just straight yeah. dramas. So those are probably a little higher on their list than on my list. Yeah, and so. uh, yeah, we definitely all have our biases. I do. You know me with if it's a sport yeah. movie or a courtroom movie, Action movie or coming of age movie. He hates all of those. Yeah, I love coming of age movies. They're one of my favorite genres. Um, yeah, like that's that's the thing. And anime movies are for sure up there, and musicals. And this is both. So yeah. Well, hey, uh, do you have anything else to say, Andrew? No. I guess this is a good transition, Tristan, with musicals, uh, because we got another film in Tristan's top 10, which is going through his favorites right before we get to the actual top 10. You guys haven't had any of your top 10s really yet. We're running through all of mine. What are we talking about? We went through Kajillionaire. That movie sucks, and you know it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, a real movie that sucked. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This movie's actually really good. Uh, We have Hamilton. This is without a shadow of a doubt. The greatest movie of 2020. Hands down, there is no question about it. You can read off the yeah, yeah, don't make it All right, so uh, yes, as you might have already realized, Tristan has this as his favorite film of the year. Andrew has it at 17, and I have it at 29. You guys are, Quentin is barely in the top half. That is, you are an embarrassment (laughs) to film with you as an idea, all right? You know nothing. This is such a phenomenal work of art this movie is fantastic start to finish this is an absolute joyride and a spectacle not a single second of this movie is wasted not a single second of this movie is out of place this meant from start to finish performances are phenomenal costumes phenomenal music are phenomenal everything is so good in this movie this is second to none the greatest movie of 2020 these two idiots don't know what they're talking about this movie is so (laughs) good Oh man! And speaking of biasness, um, this is definitely a biasness because, like, 
during the first five minutes of the movie, I was watching it and I was like, okay, like good music. Like the costumes are looking good. I'm digging it. And I, no, no joke. The second it clicked to me that this is an Amer, this is a film about American history. I looked at the engine and I was like, Oh my God, it's a fucking two and a half hour movie on American history. This is going to fucking suck. So I already had my bias going in cause I, could not give less of a rat's ass about history or being American. Uh, but th- this was a good film. And I have it's in my top half. I think it's a good film. It's just nothing about it was that great to me. What do you, what, how is nothing about it that great to you? So, Everything about this movie was beyond fantastic. Yeah, I, I guess yeah, I guess we have a lot of differences here. Uh, for me, I just felt like the overall story wasn't that exciting. There was a few moments I liked. What? I think uh, I, my take, and this might be a hot take for a lot of people. I know Tristan won't prove me wrong here, but I think the songs are fun when you listen to it. And then when it's over, you kind of just move on and forget about it. The only song that I still remember is the, uh, I'm going to take my shots. Yeah. I'm not throwing away my shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, Definitely, that's still the one song that I still remember, and yeah. that's a great song. You don't remember Alexander Hamilton, the main song they open with? Not really. I remember. I'm. Good. I remember the taking the shot. You don't remember "Wait for It"? Kind of. Not really. Oh, so good. And the like, man. The the motifs in this movie and the repetition. How every main character has their own their own like motif that follows them throughout the film and changes with them as their character develops throughout the movie and how they all accumulate at the end, how Hamilton keeps saying, and spoiler alert here, if you don't want any spoilers, skip ahead, how Hamilton keeps saying, I'm not going to throw away my shot. I just want to mention, he repeats that th- throughout the movie. The entire movie, he always says that. Anytime any opportunity comes up, he's not going to throw away his shot until the very end of the movie, at the very end, when he's doing off against his friend, his, his, his ally, and his rival, Aaron Burr, he lifts his gun up into the air and he throws away his shot at the final moment. It was spectacular. Aaron Burr, he's going to wait for it. He's going to wait for his moment. He's going to wait. He's going to wait. He's going to wait till the very end when he's there against Hamilton and he no longer waits for it. He takes his shot when he can. He, he no longer wait. waits. <laughs> All right. He, he pulls her. And it's phenomenal. It's crazy. All right. This movie is so good. It all builds up towards the end. The entire thing. They start off as the relationship between Hamilton and Aaron Burr is beautifully crafted. It's one of the greatest relationships I've ever seen in movies. The way that they started off as friends, as allies. They were each other's best friends, and then they turn on one another for political gain. And it was crazy. This movie is wild. The, the relationships developed, the, the characters, it's so good. I absolutely love this movie and everything about it. This thing is beyond fantastic. There's no way in hell anyone can watch Kajillionaire and think it's better than Hamilton. All right, this thing is outshines everything that I've seen this year. This thing outshines things I've, I, I haven't seen a movie this great in a long time. This thing is so, so good. It's so beautifully crafted. The performances are amazing. Leslie Autumn Jr.'s Aaron Burr was spectacular. If Hamilton was able, eligible for Oscars, there's no way he wouldn't win Best Supporting Actor. He was by far the best of the year. This thing is so good. The costumes, the music, the that dance your, number. That the character actor? Pardon me? The Leslie guy? The bad guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know who it is. Yeah, who's your favorite? My my favorite? Just because I really loved her singing voice. I liked Angelica the best. I liked Angelica Skylar a lot, too. And yeah, she was... She might have like one of the best yeah. the best voices in the, in the show. I can agree with that. Her, I thought the use of uh, tw- 
twisting time during her song was really good. I love this yeah. song. Yeah. She was my favorite. Yeah, I forgot about that scene. I liked that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I thought was very creative in a play that I didn't think I was going to be able to see. Like, the film is a very well-done play. I wouldn't actually mind watching this on Broadway, you know, mm -hmm. if I ever get rich and can afford it. But I thought the, uh, I also really liked their use of the bullet, where they had that one person use their hand. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I love the bullet. With the slow motion and, like, the twisting of the table. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought the use of the bullet, the time traveling with the Angelica song. There's some good stuff. It's it's a good film. It's probably a better play. Uh, no, I agree. It's, it's it's a good story. It's just, uh, you know, me. I, I'm not a big history guy. I was very disinterested for most of the film. That's probably my bias is showing. And I still think the songs aren't that memorable except for Wasting the Shot song. And like, I do kind of remember Wait For It, but the bad guy, now that you say it. Like, like there's definitely some good music. That's good. This I, I don't have an issue with that. Well, I, I like the movie. Quinn has no idea what he's talking about. All right. <laughs> I just said he's I liked it. Moron. He's an absolute moron. Well, all right. Like, this you know your brother hates music, right? Like, that's why, that's, that's another thing. thing. <laughs> yeah, he, Quentin's a schlup, all right? He doesn't want to talk about This movie is fantastic. This um, movie is beyond phenomenal. This is easily number one of the year. There's no question about it. This movie is so freaking good. I absolutely um, love this. I've seen it three times already. I can't wait to watch it a fourth. I absolutely love yeah, it. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I did not, the one thing about Hamilton is I did not think it was ever going to be rewatchable because I have no interest in rewatching it. And I just assumed, yeah, this movie probably sucks on a rewatch, watching it again for another two and a half hours. But to Tristan's point, uh, something that he definitely isn't aware of, but they released the stats for Letterboxd a week ago, and it's announced that this is this was the most rewatched film, according to Letterboxd. I think it's the most rewatched film. Because Quinn talks about how he likes movies that are rewatchable that you can pick up on Moron. This movie's all done through rap, right? There's no spoken dialogue on this movie, really. It's pretty much all rap. And so, of course, the raps are moving so fast that every time you watch it, you, you do get to know the lyrics better and better. So you do pick up on more and more things throughout the film. That's good Like those repeated motifs and things like that. Because, of course, rap's very fast. Unless you are a big fan of rap and listen to a lot of rap or a rapper yourself, you're, you're almost certainly not going to pick up on every line in the rap songs because they're moving so fast. Not like in, say... I'm thinking of ending things where they're hiding shit from you. They're telling you it all to you. They're just feeding it to you so fast that you really got to pay attention. And you're going to miss things the first time around because they're moving so fast paced. So rewatching it, you pick up on more and more every time you watch it and listen to those songs. You do understand more and more about the characters and their motives and, the, and how their drive and why they're doing these things. Why they care so much about building this country, right? Why they care so much about revolting from the British, right? Why this is so important to them personally, not so much on a macro experience you know, perspective of building the United States, but why they care and why it matters to them that this happens their way and, and they do this right um, and things like that. And they really do a great job of explaining it and really making the founding followers, which feel so distant and so, you know, more like figures rather than real people, right? They feel more like characters and not real human beings with desires and flaws and motives and political gain and, and legacies that they're looking to protect. And this movie explains all of that. It makes it so easily digestible while also showing how their stories and their struggles are the very same struggles and the same stories that people are experiencing today, particularly immigrants or, or people from poor communities that are trying to make it, like struggling up-and-coming rappers are trying to make it big into the star and make their own legacy. 
and that's how Hamilton, who's an immigrant, and Aaron Burr and all these other guys who who, who started off, they, they have legacies they want to build. They have legacies they want to protect and how important that was to them. And they make this crazy, you know, historical figures feel very real and very relatable that I never thought I would, you know, feel something connection with George Washington or, or Thomas Jefferson. But they bring them down to life and bring them down to earth and really show why they care and why this is so important to them. And why today people still view the founding fathers and their written work and the constitution and stuff as important. And I, I think I'm not even American, and this movie really touches me. I think this movie's phenomenal. Uh, the music's fantastic. The costume's great. The script is fantastic. Everything's great. The performances, I absolutely love this. This is a spectacle from start to finish. This is easily number one of the year. There, there's nothing comparison. This is just the best movie of the year. Yeah, I gotta tell you, Tristan. I'm um, looking at Angel's face here. I think you're really impressed. I don't think she's ever seen you this passionate about something. She's very amazed right now. She's speechless. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I absolutely love Hamilton. So I was just gonna throw like just two cents in there, like very quickly, <laughs> so Tristan can keep going. On. No, I'm good. You go. You go. No, I was just gonna say I really I like it a lot more than I thought I would. Like, it might sound really stupid, but I did not realize what the film was about either when we turned it on. And then when I realized it was about the Founding Fathers, I was like, oh, this is really cool because, like, I mean, I'm American and I like history. So I, I enjoyed it, and I thought the songs were very catchy. And like I said, Angelica was my favorite character. Yeah, she was very good. And then I only have one complaint about it. <laughs> And it's not even that big of a complaint, but I did not like King George the Third. What? Yeah, people I loved him, but yeah, Angel was not people a big fan. People loved him, but it was it was only because, and I know it's not his fault. When he sung, he spit everywhere, and I I just kept looking at the spit on his mouth. I just couldn't do the spit thing. No, I think I think he does that on purpose. I'm pretty sure. I'm he pretty was sure doing that's it on, on purpose. I think so. That's I don't so know. gross. Yeah, oh it's my pretty god. Gross. I, I just can't with King George. Other than that, it was very good, and it was I liked it way more than I ever thought I would. Yeah, I thought I, thought uh, I liked it less than I thought I was going to. <laughs> I don't know how this thing's phenomenal. I and thought it was going to be about Hamlet, to be honest. What? I thought what Hamlet. Do you think it was about the, the Shakespeare play Hamlet? You would prefer this to be about Hamlet? <laughs> yeah. Look, the one thing I disagree with that you said is that this, this the plot is interesting. Um, for this being like a biopic, like based on a true person, the story is pretty incredible. It's yeah, a I will say, uh, I oh. cannot stand, like, I could not care less about history. In American history, I couldn't care even less. Look, but this even was if this wasn't history. If this was just, if this was just a made-up story of someone going through all this, the story itself is incredible. Yeah, it's, it's a good story, and uh, I will say, like, I couldn't care less about history, but this is like the most interesting way of telling a story about history. Like, I actually think it's pretty good. I'm just going to throw this out here, Tristan. No, this is the second hot take no. of the night. Yeah, so Welling put Mangrove at number one of the year. Do you know where he put Hamilton, Tristan? Dead last. No, this is his sixth least favorite film of the year. <gasps> I'm not surprised. I'm really not. All right. Do you know what he put right I'm... above this one? What? Last Days of American Crime. <laughs> no fucking way. Are you fucking kidding me? Welling is a joke. There's no way. <laughs> Look, they're both equal runtime. They're both two and a half hours. And there is zero argument to make as to why Last Days of American Crime is better than Hamilton. 
There are no arguments. I'm dead. This is a stage play. I had better fight scenes than last days of American Crime. All right. So I was going to check. Do you want me to see if I can give him a call? Maybe you can just rip him a new one or just let the poor guy sleep? Let the poor guy sleep. All right. Yeah. Well, well, well that's had enough for today. Enough on this podcast already? Yeah. I don't know. We don't need that negativity. I believe. I, I yeah, agree with you. exactly. Let me love Hamilton. <laughs> that killed me when I saw Welling's placement. I knew Welling was going to hate this. I knew Quentin was too. Quentin doesn't like music. He doesn't like history. Yeah, this is, yeah. And to be fair, yeah. like, for something that's completely not my thing, I can't, I, I just don't like music. I, I just don't. And uh, I really don't like history. I'm like, sorry. Yeah. Thanks, Founding Fathers. Just not my thing. Uh, so for something that's really not my thing, uh, I did think this was pretty solid. Yeah, if you like musicals, you like rap, or you like history, you're any one of those things, you're going to like this movie. Yeah. Quentin hates all three of those things. Yeah. So of course you're not going to like it. I love all three of those things. So of yeah. course I'm going to like it. Yeah, even if you right? just like, really like one or two of those, this is just going to be a good film for you. Yeah, like this is, there's reasons as to why I would love it and Quentin you know, would put it. He still put it top half. Which accredits to how high quality it is. Yep. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. All right. So we can go on to number 11 here. This is another one that I'm down on. I kind of dragged Hamilton in this one here. Wow. But we have Run. Oh. I don't even think I'm that low on it. We're just finally getting to the films that we all like here because I yeah, have it at 22. Not, we're all pretty high on it. We all yeah. Pretty, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, we're, we're, I think we're really at the point where I think we all like all of them. Mm-hmm. So I have Wait, do we not all like Hamilton? Um, well, anyways, moving on to run here. So uh, I have it at 22. Andrew has it at 14. And Tristan has it at 11. So yeah, I think we're all kind of on the same park here. Uh, I have it at 22. It kind of got bumped down a little bit because I just... I was telling Andrew about this. I hate the ending. I, I, I think the ending is stupid and idiotic and it really just pissed me oh. off. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Spoiler alert, first and foremost, but I, uh, Quentin, remind me what the ending is, because I can't remember there any being... Like, I don't right. remember having a So the ending the is... So the premise of the film is the main character is unable to move, she's, like, disabled, and we find out that it's the mother giving her this medication, so she has to rely on her throughout her life. And so the ending is she finally rebels against the mother, she gets out of this horrible situation... The mother is chained up and she's now in an insane asylum. And this daughter, who was tortured by this woman for her entire life, her entire life has been devoted to this horrible human being that kidnapped her and forced her to be her child. The ending is the daughter visiting the mother every week and giving her the same medication. So she is like disabled. She's now going to be doing this every week for like the rest of her life. She's so it ends with the daughter still devoted to the mother. She's now stuck doing this medication. It was supposed to be like an awesome revenge. Oh wow, how the tables have turned. But like in reality, I think the daughter would have just absolutely ditched her. Like you're now in an insane asylum. I'm going to live my life for once. But now she's every week going to visit this woman that tortured her. And she's going to return the favor by having this medication hidden in her mouth every time, spitting it out and forcing her down her throat. And now, guess what, daughter? When they find out that you're doing the same thing, you're now going to be in trouble. It, it, I, to me, it just felt like it was a dumb ending that I didn't feel was warranted or realistic at all. It just felt like a cheesy, ah, tables have turned. How awesome is this? I, 
thought the ending was dumb. Yeah, the ending was pretty weak. I agree. The one part about the ending I remember was after they were in like the hospital, and she, you know, the mother was trying to get the daughter out of the hospital so she can still keep her for herself, right? Yeah. And they they're at the top of the staircase, and the daughter stands up out of the wheelchair, right? And she's screaming, "I'm not coming with you!" And she stands up out of the wheelchair because she can walk. Mom was just giving her like drugs and shit to make her like not be able to. Was I the only one really, really hoping that you would just Spartan kick the mother down the stairs? I was so hoping she would just kick the mom down the I stairs. She, yeah, I thought she was going to push her down the stairs as well. Me too. Right? If she Spartan kicked her down the stairs, I would have lost it. But the guard showed up and like, shot the mom or something like that. I think I can't quite remember. Yeah. Um, I think the mom still fell down the stairs somehow, but the daughter just didn't like push or kick her down the stairs. I was really hoping she would have Spartan kicked her down the stairs. Women but no, I love this movie. Uh, I think, yeah, I had the highest. I had 11. Andrew 14, Quentin 22. I like this one a lot. I thought this was just a great horror movie. Another fan. My favorite horror movie of the year. In a year that had some pretty solid horror movies. This one was just really mind twisty and like real fucked up. Like it was really, really fun to watch. What's your thoughts, Andrea? You know, I, I really liked it when we were watching it. I mean, you guys have said most of the stuff that I have thought. I thought that she really went to like extra lengths to try to escape like when the mom first locked her in her room and she figured out how to get like outside on the balcony to go around to unlock the door that she went to some like crazy measures to try to get away from her mom but her mom was just literally so psycho it was crazy and also i know this is like the third cover i've commented on but I really like this movie cover too. I don't know if it's just because I can see it like up close, but like I didn't realize the daughter was in the wheelchair, like in her hair. That's yeah, pretty it's cool. a really cool poster. It's, it's another cool really shot. cool poster for sure. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, for me, I really liked the movie until right till we got to the hospital part. I thought the hospital part just seemed a little too far fetched. How the mother almost got away from a hospital full of people. It's just starting to get a little too cartoony for me, but... Yeah, it's a little too too silly. I can agree with you there. Yeah, like, I felt like I was fully into it until then. I thought all the scenes in the house were great, and I absolutely got chills and lost it when the twist revealed that she's not even her daughter. That was was wild, yeah. That was Um, Up until that point, I was like, yeah, this is a pretty solid film, but when that happened, like, my mind was blown. It makes sense why she's forcing her to be trapped there like it just made sense it was great i really liked it i thought until the hospital scene full on fully on board the the ending just got a little cheesy for me but i still liked it Uh, it was a fun horror film i had a good time i think tristan since i know you haven't seen this for me this is just the inferior version of misery yeah so i think you would like misery then tristan because misery misery is just the thing that's like stan right the song no, no, no. Misery's a movie. Yeah, but it's the same plot as the song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same plot. Okay. That sounds, I'll, I'll, I'll get around to it then. It sounds good. It has Queen Kathy Bates in it. Yeah, she's great. Ah, yeah. I'll, I'll get around to it for sure. I was so busy watching these 2020 movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. So here we are. We are at the fine, top 10, baby. This is it. This is the top 10. 10 best Wait, films Wait, was number 11? That was number 11. Wait, Hamilton was 12? Hamilton was 12. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's way oh, I, I, I didn't even realize. I expected, I expected it to be like 30-something. Like, I was just like, 
hoping to get like 28 would I'll be happy with it. It was 12. Fuck that. That's pretty okay. good. I didn't know it was that high. Yeah, it's just gonna like apologize for how he just raged at us. I don't no no. I didn't even rage for that. If we allowed Welling on the podcast, I think he really would have pushed uh, Hamilton back. Yeah, he would. Oh yeah, I think that's maybe why I thought it'd be lower. I knew I knew Welling wouldn't fucking like it. But no, uh, yeah, Hamilton's 12. Run is number 11. So we're now in the top 10, baby. Woohoo! Top 10, baby! All right, and at number 10, we have Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So I have it at number 5, Andrew has it at number 25, and Tristan has it at number 13. I'm surprised Andrew has this 20. It feels like her kind of movie. I'm, I'm yeah, surprised she's I, like, I, this was a big surprise for me as well. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought Andrew was really going to like it. And yeah, she kind of walked away with, a, you know, mixed reception. Uh, you want to you speak your piece here then, Andrew? See, see what you got to say? I just, I don't know. I just wasn't into it as I thought I would have been either. Yes, I really liked a lot of the cinematography. I thought it was really nice, nicely done. And I really liked the scene with 28. That was probably the moment that actually made me kind of tear up. Yeah, it's a good it ending. Was so good. Just the story was good. I don't know. Just for some reason, it didn't really do it for me. Um, I don't know. And I felt like it dragged just a little bit for me as well. It yeah. did drag at moments. I felt that too. I felt yeah. like the pace was um, a little. Long. I'm shocked that you didn't like it. But at the same time, I actually think this is the most similar to First Cow. I kind of have a back to back in my scoring here. <laughs> And I think they're both very similar in that it's gorgeous cinematography. It's a very fun, exciting story. Well, exciting for me. I thought both of them were fun stories that really take their time to properly lay out how the story goes. Uh, they're both exactly two hours. So, and I feel like that's the perfect pace for this kind of story to set everything up and tell the story it wants to tell. And uh, unlike First Cow, which is why I think I have this one a few spots higher, I thought it stuck the landing. I thought uh, the beginning was great. I thought the whole movie was great. But the last 15 minutes was really, it, it, everything paid off. Everything that I liked about the movie, the ending just made me so happy. Okay, I so once really again, it. it's been a while and I watched a lot of movies this late. Can you remind me of the ending again? Like what particularly was, because I, I watched this a while ago. Right, so I remember uh, how it movie. ends is the two of them don't end up together. Rich woman gets married off to a very rich man because that's just yeah, obviously yeah, how I'm it goes. And so yeah. she's going through an art gallery and she finds a painting that someone else painted of her. And she's sitting there with the book and the page is left open to page 28. And if you remember, that's the page where she drew yeah. a naked photo of herself. And it was just a reminder to her that she still always thinks about her. And then uh, it's like a double whammy. That's a great ending on its own. But then she goes to the theater and she actually sees... What? her for one last yeah. time across the stage and uh, was it was just a I remembered all the way up to that that's what I forgot yeah keep going now yeah and so it was just a one shot of her staring at her and I felt it uh, when I was watching that movie I didn't blink I was waiting to see if she would glance over at her and she never did and I just thought they really held on to that shot I really liked it I thought the ending was very good yeah, for sure. I agree. The ending of this is better than the ending of a uh, first cow. I think the reason why I have it a little lower here. Um, people, when I before going into this, I heard about this movie quite a bit. Unlike first cow, I didn't hear anything about it really. <laughs> yeah. I heard that a um, the cinematography was supposed to be really, really good, and I, I I thought the cinematography was good, 
I just didn't think it was anything special. That's the thing. I thought the set design stuff was great, and I, I enjoyed the plot. I thought it was interesting and a good movie. Just I was a little disappointed by the cinematography. I, I kept thinking it was, it was really, really good. I thought there were some shots that were really cool, but by and large, it was just okay for me. I didn't think it was phenomenal. I like the cinematography. I think it's just as good as First Cow, but like both of them are really good cinematography. Nothing that I would praise. Like I, I love yeah, the cinematography. Uh, it's good. But yeah, no, I agree. I almost thought maybe it didn't live up to what I thought for you know the shots and the cinematography, but I still thought it was really good. I thought they had a really good use of mirrors. That was the one thing I did pick up. Mm-hmm. I thought they used mirrors really well throughout the film. I agree. Um, but the rest of the cinematography, it was good for sure. I'm not saying it was bad, but it, it just wasn't anything special. All right, and you got anything else to say? Reason why it was 25? It was just very slow for you, right? Yeah, it was slow. I also like how we see the picture of the actual lady on fire, like early, early on in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No I, no, I like it. It was a very good film. Yeah, I enjoyed the plot, the general plot of it, a lot more than I actually expected to go into it. I thought it was quite interesting and fun, particularly like the first half of the film I thought was really, really fun. Good movie overall. Oh, yeah, so this isn't eligible for Oscars this year. Is that correct, or it is? Uh, no, correct. It's not eligible. It had a small release at the be- end of 2019, so technically counted as a 2019 film. Yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all this one. I just wonder if it was nominated. And yeah. It didn't get nominated for anything. How the Oscars do is each country gets to nominate one film, and they didn't even, cho- they didn't even choose this one, that the country that had this film. This is France, right? This is French? Yeah. yeah. What did they choose last year? Uh, the Miserabler, which did horrible. Oh, yeah, I heard that movie bombed. So I've seen the musical Limbs with Hugh Jackman, actually, if you want to watch another Hugh Jackman movie. I watched it because some people compared it to Hamilton. It was nothing like Hamilton. Nowhere near as good. <laughs> sure, that's the reason I watched Tristan's it. Tristan's just, something. like, on cocaine with Hamilton. He's like, what else is similar to it? Give me something. Les Mis, let's go, let's go. More. More musicals. Yeah, I need more. All right, uh, so now we're kind of burning through all the ones I have near the top. I had this at five, and here at number nine, we have Shiva Baby. Yeah, I love this one. Wow. I know I have. A, I know I'm probably the lowest on it. Oh, never mind. I knew it. I love this. I like this one a lot, though. Yeah, I do. I like I love this movie. I have it at six. Andrew has it at twelve. Yeah. Tristan has it at twenty-two. I didn't have it low. I had it pretty high. You call a 22 pretty high when it's Shiva Baby. My 29 for Hamilton was a disgrace to Earth. Yeah, yours was barely in the top half. Mine is just out of the top third, all right? like my, Yours is barely in the top half. It's a difference and, of like and, seven. And, and, and there's no comparison to Shiva Baby or Hamilton. Come on, don't be ridiculous. Uh, well, me and Andrew both had Shiva Baby higher, so I'm just saying. And you're both wrong. But this is a great movie. And, I, and, and <laughs> Welling had the uh, and Welling didn't even watch this movie, and he had it higher. Welling's a joke, though. Okay. Because um, he, he watched this short. Yeah, yeah, he watched. Apparently, that, there's yeah. a short on this. It's based on a short, yeah. But uh, I'll tell you right now, Shiva Baby was great. I put it at six here. And I was going in not excited. Uh, Andrew, this was the last movie we watched that was Andrew's pick. I was kind of like, all right, let's get this out of the way. Yeah, me too. Uh, I was not looking forward to it in the slightest. I kind of went in with like low expectations. I was ready to hate on it. I was looking for an excuse to hate it. But this film, to me, was the 2020 version of Uncut Gems. Obviously, Uncut Gems was better. But this film gave me the same anxiety. It was great. I was so into it. And I love how Uncut Gems is an anxious ride of somebody 
gambling, and this is an anxious ride of a family dinner. I love how I was so freaking nervous and so into like how anxious I was feeling. Like it was horrible and amazing, and it was a family dinner. I just loved how it was such a simple concept that really worked. I was fully on freaking board with this movie. I loved it. I also just love this kind of movie that all take place in one day. I lo- yeah. I'm a sucker for movies that take place in one day, particularly takes place in like one setting, like one room, sort of like a Breakfast Club type thing. Um, I love those movies, and this is that, and I absolutely love. It. I thought this movie was fantastic. I thought it was really, really fun. Um, and the performances from the main cast—they were all great. It was. It was also funny. It was more of a comedy than expected. It was quite funny, and they. Uh, yeah. Anxiety written mm-hmm. as all hell. You're right. Like, this much like that one. The anxiety. And, like, you mentioned coloring and stuff and how, like, some scenes, they close all the windows and get all red and stuff for mm-hmm. more intense moments. And how the camera would zoom in and zoom really close in on the main actress and then just kind of pan and it gets really, really intense and then pans out. And you realize, oh, it's just a freaking family dinner. Yeah. This is a joke. This isn't serious at all, right? Like, it's not yeah. serious. Yeah, the close-up shots are really great. It carries weight really well in this film. Yeah, it's just, it's a film really about nothing. It's just a family dinner with, like, awkward moments. But it's just, you get so invested. I think it's really good in how they portrayed this film. Now, I really liked it. Now, honestly, uh, near the end, I was at an all-time high. Like, uh, when they were building up to all of them going in the car, I was yeah. losing it. I was like, Andrew, Andrew, I was like, this is it. This is it. This car is going to be freaking great. Let's go. I was so ready to go. I was so built up. I was ready yeah, to yeah. give this number one or two of the year. Like, I was loving this film. And then it just cut, and it was over. I understand what they were going for, but uh, I, I wanted to see that car ride. I'm sorry. I needed to see it. Uh, so uh, that was my biggest issue. It just ended, and I was robbed of that car ride. Yeah, that car ride was pretty good. And you're right. They never really tied in, like, closed up any of like, the storylines, I guess. Like, it, it yeah. all just kind of continues, but we don't see it continue. Yeah. Uh, so it's fine. Uh but really, like that's the difference. It was almost a one or a two. Like I was in love with this film, and then it just ended so flat, and I kind of just sat there with my mouth open, like, "Wait, girl, I like I need more. What the fuck?" So I ended up at six. I still really like the movie. It's a good one. I'm very high on it. You got anything to say, Andrew? What's your thoughts? I know you were very high on it too. You liked it. Yeah, so when I decided to pick this film, I kind of went off a letterbox post just to like most popular films of 2020. And I saw this one and I had never even heard of it before. And then I picked it and I, I liked it. I felt super high anxiety when I watched this. I was so anxious. And then the fact that they continuously kept bringing up the bracelet that she was wearing, I literally just wanted to reach through the screen and like literally like like break it off her wrist or whatever because she just kept wearing it and I just didn't understand why. But I know it was probably just to build up the anxiousness of everyone and it did a good job. (laughs) I think what it was going to achieve, it really did. Yeah, it landed everything it wanted to land, for sure. All right, are we ready for number eight here? Has Andrea had anything in her top ten yet? Like, does she have a full ten in the top ten? Uh, sorry, <laughs> well, we'll, we're at number eight, so I imagine we've already gone through some of them. Yeah, I can't remember any of her top ten, though. Like, none of them have popped up yet, I swear. That's a good question. Uh, she had bad education. Bad education. 
Education here. I oh, okay. this stuff. Yeah. I had Just Mercy. And then I had oh, yeah. Zero. Just Mercy time. So we've only hit three, actually. Well, we're about to hit one more here, and this is the big one. Because we have at number eight <gasps> another round. Oh my. We're talking about Andrew's top ten, but this is Andrew's top one. Yeah. Wow. Oh my, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know I'd be the party pooper on this one. Yeah, I, no uh, I have it at number eight. And Tristan is the one that killed Andrew's chances here. Yeah. As it, he has it at number 27. Uh, uh, yeah, I, didn't, I, I don't know. I thought I was okay. I thought I was... I, <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love this film. Everything about it, I love. I didn't really think that a foreign film would be my favorite film of the year. But I literally thought long and hard about this, and it did everything I wanted. I loved the storyline of these guys, like, oh, hey, we're just going to do an experiment. But then it shows how an experiment can go wrong at every level. It even shows the worst level. And I just was mind blown. I did, I did not think, if, I mean, I guess I should have known a film would go there, but I was like, wow. I don't know. It just... I loved it. I loved the pacing of it was perfect. I wasn't bored considering it was foreign. Like it, everything was just great about this for me. And the song that they play at the end, yeah. like <laughs> it's so catchy and you automatically think of the movie. Yeah, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> I remember them dancing, but I can't remember the song they're dancing. I, I, what a life? Is that what yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's like, what a life. What oh, a okay. beautiful, okay. beautiful life. Yeah. Yeah, it's very fun, catchy, a very, a very fun ending. I like. I do like how a serious movie ended with a dance number. I feel like all movies should end with a dance number. Yeah, I thought, honestly, yeah. like it just made me happy, man. Yeah, I, I liked yeah, the ending. I was that when I watched. I'm like, man, I'm so happy they ended with a dance number. That's great. Yeah, and I know that Andrew really followed this film a lot, so we like know a lot of the backstory about how this film was dedicated to the director's daughter who died right yeah. during the making of it. Like, there, there's a lot of nice little nods and. uh it is a very well done film and you can even see it in the poster here. One of my favorite things is the lighting. Uh, I thought they really glowed on people when they wanted to emphasize on someone. And then whenever somebody was having a dark moment, I thought the shadowing with a lot of the characters was really good. So I thought, I don't know how they did it, but I thought the lighting was just extremely good. Like it just, yeah, it the lighting looks natural very good. Too. I, was, I was a big fan of this film. I have it at eight. I did really like it. I agree with Andrew. I liked the story. Maybe because I was dragging through all of these films, I connected with it a lot more. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, like I, I got kind of drunk watching this movie too, to be honest with you. I had a, quite a few drinks with this one. But I feel like it's just a movie that I appreciate a lot. And I was telling Andrea, this would be one that I wouldn't mind buying because I feel like me and her would just like to sit down and watch this one quite a bit. So it's, it's just a, it's a good film that has a lot of dark tones to alcohol. Obviously, it's a film about four guys that end up seeing if they could just stay intoxicated throughout their entire life and just see how that can go in improving their life. I and, think that might be where I have problems with this movie. I, mean, I like this movie. I never thought it would be anyone in your guys' top ten. That's crazy. I thought this was like a good movie. I had two things. One, I never really personally connected, particularly with the main character, um, but none of the characters really. I never really connected with any of them. Never super super cared about them. I like I cared enough, but not. I didn't identify with them at all. That and also these are four teachers. They're all teachers at a at a high school, and you can't. You gotta like none of them thought that hey maybe we shouldn't just become alcoholics. 
Like, like no one thought this was a, just a god awful idea. Like four teachers, like yeah, let's just become alcoholics. And I'm like, why? Like this, that's what I never got. Like why would four teachers just be like, let's just become alcoholics, see how it works out? Like obviously it wasn't going to work out good. Like you should fucking know your teachers. You should be educated and smart and understand that you can't just be drunk all the fucking time and be surprised when it doesn't work out for you. I think that's why. I think I just never got that. Like it, it seems so stupid to me that why would they? I never got why would they want to do this. I was just going to say, I just think that their lives were that bad that they wanted to try something new. I don't know. Is it like a just... midlife crisis sort of thing? Yeah. Like, yeah I kind of got, got, got it was like a crisis thing, too. Yeah. That's what I thought. I don't know. Like, it never really, really made sense to me. That's, Especially... Like, that, and I never cared for any of the characters that deeply. That's why, like, 27, I put it in top half. I thought it was a good movie. But I didn't think it was anything super special because of those two things. None of the characters connected with me. And it just kind of, like, it felt like a fun plot. And here's the thing. I think of all foreign movies I've seen, this one, Hollywood's going to make a Hollywood version of this movie. Guaranteed. It's going to be a comedy. It's going to start like your normal, like, Jason Sudeikis or, like, you know. Oh, Colin yeah, yeah. Vince Jason Bond. would do that, yeah. And it'll be like, a comedy movie, and it'll be, like, like not – like, this is obviously deep and talk about the, the sociopolitical problems of alcoholism and how people use it to cope. It won't cover any of that. It'll be, like, a goofy comedy, but it's going to happen. They're going to make it a Hollywood comedy Based on like your, your normal comedy Hollywood comedy actors are totally gonna do like a, 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 their rendition of this movie. It's gonna happen. Yeah, it'll probably be called Cheers or something. Yeah, hundred percent. It'll yeah, it'll it'll almost definitely be something like that, or maybe like some sort of teacher pun with drinking. I can't think of anything right now, but I am. Um, like, yeah. but uh, no, I really like the film, and something that Andrew said was I like how it shows the different levels of dealing yeah. with it. Like one of them wasn't affected by it at all. He actually ended up having a great ending. Like, and yeah. then it goes all the way to the absolute opposite end of that spectrum. So I kind of like how, all, since they have four people, they kind of addressed it in different ways. So I thought yeah. I, I did like it. I thought it was good. I have it at eight. Yeah. I think it's a fun. I was think it was good. I, I am surprised it's had top 10. I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was like that kind of movie. I think it was that good of a movie, but I didn't mind it. I didn't dislike it for sure. I thought it was good, but. I love it. I think it was really good. Um, but yeah, I, I have an eight. Like, I, I think it's a really solid film. Uh, one I would like to rewatch. I like it. All right. So here we have uh, number seven here. Tristan, it's like uh, we just answered your question. You asked about all of Andrea's favorites. So uh, we're going to continue this trend here because at number seven here, we uh-huh. have Wolfwalkers. Oh. I was shocked at Tristan's ranking. The guy that's pro-animation. Wow. I have it at 13. Andrea has it at four. And uh, Mr. Animation himself, Tristan, has it at 18. I am equally as shocked as you are that I have it that low. Um, <laughs> Wait, really? Probably another one where I screwed up somewhere in the rankings. Like, I didn't think this was quite a top 10. It was most definitely a top 20 for me. Probably a top 15. So 18 feels a little low. Quentin's 13 feels a little healthier. Andrew, you go first here. You, you, you put it on the list and you have the highest. Yeah. You, you go ahead. Oh no, I saw that this film was coming out and I did like a lot of research. I wanted to do an animation and I felt like a lot of the good animations were already taken. So I saw this one and we watched it and I don't know, I just really liked how this relationship relationship between these two girls came together when she's really like hunting her. And then, I don't know, they become best friends. And in the, in the uh, drawing style, it's really unique. It's something that, like I haven't really seen before. And they have um, 
I'm not sure if it's an original song in the middle or not. I can't really even remember how it goes, but I really like the one song that this film has in it as well. Yeah, it was a really great song. I actually kind of running with so good. Like that. Yeah. I kind of forgot the song, but I have it at 13. I really do like it. Mostly the, like Andrew said, the animation and the framing. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's almost like comic book-esque with like sometimes like the framing is so unique. And uh, yeah, the animation's gorgeous. Um, and the story's great. The thing for me, and like I was all on board. Beautiful animation, best animation of the year. Like it's just visually gorgeous. I thought the characters are all really well-developed and really interesting. But my biggest issue, and this isn't even the fault of this movie, it's the fault of past movies. This felt way too Brother Bear-esque and way too Brave-esque. And I hate both of those. And honestly, like, I, I was just like, oh, oh like, I'm over animated wolf movies. Like, this is not like Brave, except they have red hair. Yeah, it didn't think me anything of those movies at all. I think it didn't yeah. really well, I don't know. Maybe and I've great. never seen Brother Bear, but I don't think so. <laughs> well, Brother Bear, just because she turns into one, but... Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I kept thinking of Brave. It just, uh, I think it's because of the father-daughter issue. Well, I guess more of the, that one's mother-daughter issue, but I guess like yeah. the family yeah. issues. Uh, I just had some tones of those two movies and I hate those two movies. But overall, like, I think the film's fine. I'm just not a huge fan of like, like I thought like wolves and stuff. Like, oh, like really, I didn't really care for it. The film is really good. Like, if you like animated films, uh, well, maybe not because Tristan didn't like this one. But if you like well, animated films, I, I, I think I'm you would definitely like this. liked it. You can't say top twenty isn't liking it. I, I agree. Should, I probably I have a little low. If I were to redo my list, it'll almost certainly be higher. But I, uh, the animation in this movie is easily the best part. Of it's movie. crazy. Yeah. The physical animation is absolutely gorgeous. It looks amazing. It's super unique. You just don't get a style like this recently. You know what I mean? Like there hasn't been a good kind of animation in the style. Of probably since the 90s possibly you know what i mean like there's yeah. they just don't make them like this anymore and all this modern computer animation stuff that sometimes looks good unless illumination's making it and it looks pretty pretty, pretty bland but i am um, this one's really good this one looks really awesome the plot was better i thought the plot was gonna be more generic than it ended up being the plot was pretty unique i thought the plot was pretty solid i just didn't really care for any of the characters i think it was probably like i liked the characters i didn't love any of the characters like i can't name you a character from this movie well, um, all their names are kind of weird, but I didn't really like the redhead wolf girl. Like, you know, that like, one, I like that one. Pretty, I like the blonde, the blonde girl. I like, but, better, uh, I like the blonde girl, girl, and I like her dad. I thought her and her dad's relationship throughout the film was great. How he finally kind of took her side at the end. I thought the their bond was great. Yeah. Okay. I agree with you there. I like those two. Maybe it was just the record girl. I didn't. I didn't love. Not even that I disliked her. I shouldn't love her. Um, I like this movie a lot, though. I do love this movie. I think this movie is amazing. I almost certainly have it too low on my list. This is a it, it is a fantastic movie for and sure. That's I how you can tell this movie is good if eighteen is too low, and that's the lowest score here. Like, yeah, and and all three of us agree it's too low. Like, it's that good of a movie, especially because like I said I do love animation. I think that's obvious. I'm a big animated guy. Yeah, this one's fantastic. Best thing on Apple Plus by far for sure. Yeah, this might be one of the biggest shockers. I thought going in easily. This is Tristan's top ten, maybe even top five. I thought animated film. Tristan's gonna love it. So. Yeah. You're right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, it, it's a good movie. I do like it. I just I just love the fact that uh, the blonde-haired girl's name is Robin. I just love the fact that she kept her promise. Yeah. To help no, I, I really liked the, the lead character. She was really good. Yes. I agree with you there. All right, so we can move on over to number six then. We have The Trial of the Chicago 7. Woo! 
So the scoring here is I have it at 16, Andrew has it at 6, and Tristan has it at 8. Which means, yeah. uh, despite what Welling said on his call here, uh, all of us thought this one was better than Mangrove. Yeah, this is for sure the best a uh, court case movie of the year, for sure. Um, I, I guess I could, I'll just go first here. I, I think this movie's great. I think the courtroom scenes are, hands down, the best parts of this movie. I felt like the flashbacks to the actual mob riots were a little... The, the only the, I don't love those parts, but yeah, I like everything I like else it. about this movie. The scripting was on the nose at times, but very, very powerful. Um, and I thought the performances are what really carry the movie. The, all the, you know, the secondary uh, supporting actors throughout this film were all really, really great. Um, it was just a good movie in general. Uh, not really much else to say. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, everything outside of the courtrooms, I just didn't really love or like. Uh, yeah, I didn't really like most of the riot scenes. It's kind of like Mangrove with like the first half, but they like split it off throughout the film. So I just it was much more easily digestible for me. Like I wasn't snoring during the first half. They spaced it out. It was most definitely paced better for yeah. sure. And I think overall, I think the performances, although they're good in Mangrove, I feel like they were stronger in this movie. Uh, and, and, and this film has comedy, which was missing in Mangrove. And I think for a courtroom, I'm not a big courtroom guy. Like this is probably as good as it will ever get for a courtroom film. Trial of Chicago 7. And I have it at 16. Like that's as good as it's getting. Like I'm just not like, well, do we count 12 Angry Men? Well, probably yeah okay yeah, well well then important. yeah well then i like that one more but well, wait, wait, we also we also count the b movie and <laughs> i take it back and right. my cousin Vinny. how dare you that's true that's true yeah there's some good ones so for this year though i think chicago 7 it's the best one i still not like i didn't love it i'm not i don't think i will ever really watch this again it was a fun one-time movie i had a good time i have a pretty good feeling this is going to be the best picture winner and it's at 16, really? so finally. You think this is going to be Best Picture winner? I think this is the Oscars shit. They love it. No, I don't think. It's getting the nom for sure, but I don't think it's winning. Oh, well, yeah. I think there's one heavy hitter that like is kind of the front runner. But I think people are in for a shock. I, I, I feel like this might be the winner. Hey, my, hey I, I, I love the Oscars. I look forward to the Oscars. Yeah. I, 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 I hope I I'm wrong. I, I like this movie, but I feel like this wouldn't be a great winner. It's just, it's just like a fun movie. Uh, I had a good time with it. It isn't anything like special. It's just a fun courtroom movie. Uh, Andrew, you slightly had it higher than Tristan. Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything you wanted to add? Well, what was your favorite parts of the film? I just first wanted to say, once again, this is another true story. Not I true. love true stories. Like, that is my weakness. I have three true stories in my top 10 for this podcast. I love Sasha in this. He was the best part. Um, I love his fashion statements. He was always wearing something funky in his hair. His outfits were great. I mean, I know it was for the time that it was done at, but like overall, and I'll have to disagree with Walling, this is by far the better courtroom film. It just had fun. I love that Sasha is there to kind of give it like um, a more fun atmosphere. And I also really loved... Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, I loved him as well. Like, he was so strong in this and he knew what they were doing was wrong. Like, yeah. he had a very hard moral fight 
like with himself and you could tell throughout this film and he, I think he actually this is probably one of my favorite performances I've actually seen him do yeah he was really good in this no, he was um, good yeah yeah I will agree like this film is longer than Mangrove and we didn't have any issue watching this in one night like we no issue watch it all in one night so it I doesn't think... feel that long this was a good one for sure the supporting acting like the act the performances in this was going to carry the film but there's so many good performances. I mean, there's so many people in this movie, and they all deliver really, really well. And the script, the script was strong. I felt, I felt that the writing was really strong. The the riot scenes were, they didn't need to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, I think that's why it's at sixty. I like, I just, uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't like. Those I should movies. have brought this one lower and brought Wolf Walker's eye. I should have swapped them. I screwed that one up. Yeah. All right. Well. Moving into our top five. Whoa. Five left. Holy crap. And at number five, we have Minari. In the ranking here, I have it at nine. Andrew has it at three. And Tristan has it at 15. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. I feel like she's saying that a lot right now. Here's the thing. I think, here's what I think. I think I like a lot of these movies, right? And so when the number pops up and it's a decently, like, not a very good number... I'm like, oh man, this is a really good movie. This should be higher. But then I'm thinking, like, then I have to move other movies down. Yeah. I like all those movies also. And that's the tough part about this. So, like, a 15 seems like, man, he must really not care for this movie. That's a lie. I thought this movie was fantastic. Yeah. I guess there's 14 other movies that I like slightly more. I, I don't know. That's really um, me with uh, Minari. Like, I really liked it. I, like, there's yeah. honestly nothing I can nitpick here. Uh, it's at nine just because I just connected and loved the stories of eight other films more. That's really it. Like this is a good movie and uh, I hope more people check it out. This is not eligible for golden globes. So, you know, I mean, did did anyone care about the golden globes? Cause I sure as hell don't. (laughs) uh, Hamilton's eligible. Is it really? Wait, did I not tell you that? Oh, wow. I asked if Hamilton was eligible or anything. I thought you said no. For the Academy. For the Academy. It's not the Academy. Yeah, Which is honestly uh, a pretty silly rule as to why it's not for the Academy. But yeah, Minari, Minari is most definitely a good movie. Um, I think it, it, it just gets, it's a little, it's a little long. I think that was my thing. It's not a very fast paced movie by any means. It's pretty slow. Yeah. And I was going to say, I love this film. This was another one of my picks and I, yeah, I watched a trailer for it once again And I just loved it. I love this little boy on the front. He was by far the best part of the entire film. Yeah, him. Oh, so keep going. Oh, no. Then I was just going to say, and then the grandma was the second best part until she had the incident. But, like, they made this entire film for me, basically. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think the little boy and the relationship with the grandmother were the beating heart of this film. Mm -hmm. I think they were the absolute best parts of the movie. Their relationship and the two characters plus a relationship together. Um, I think like the 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 mother and the father. Um, like I liked them for sure, but they just weren't as great, and they were like the main characters in the movie. So maybe that's why I also wasn't as high on my list for these uh, as some of the other movies. That's Not funny. that I didn't really like it. I just feel like the best parts of the movie were the grandmother and the little boy, and they were kind of the side story. They weren't the they weren't the the main story, and I think that might also be why. And also, the grandmother, Andrea, is uh, tied with Maria Bakalova for the most supporting actress wins. So I figured you would have really loved that. Oh, really? And the sad part is, neither one of them are going to win the Academy Award for it. No, they're both fighting for the fifth slot to even be nominated. 
Which is a, that just shows how ridiculous the Academy Awards are. Yeah. These are clearly two performances that for sure deserve a nom, if nothing else. They clearly both deserve the nomination. Yeah. And uh, chances are, there's a great chance neither one of them are going to get it. There's yeah, a really like good they're chance. fighting for the fifth spot and neither of them might even get it. The cinematography, like, I love the shots of the field and everything. I don't know. It was just... It was and, just all around good for me. I agree. And I think original screenplay, I think that this deserves... Yes. I don't know if I'll get it or not. But I, uh, for movies this year, I can't think of I think it five was. more. Yeah. But yeah, original screenplay I thought was great. It was so. a very strong screenplay. Uh, yeah. That's a good story. I think it's original. It's not adapted from anything. No, I, no, I'm pretty sure it's original. Yeah, I assumed it was original. I could be wrong. Um, I'd have I to double so. check. Adapted might be a little tougher. It's definitely a, a tougher category, I think. But they, um, I, I, I thought this was a really great movie. Even though it's at 15, it's still... That's pretty freaking high, realistically. I hope I'm thinking of anything that's nominated for Adaptive Screenplay just so I can call up Tristan and see what he thinks. Oh my god. <laughs> it's not. It's not nominated for anything. <laughs> uh, you're right. It's not. But, yeah, I thought this film was fun. It's just a cute, fun film. I think uh, it's one that a lot of people will just love. I just think it's just likable. It's the all-American dream it's that's a, yeah it's, it's, what, it's the american dream but it's like all in a foreign language which is why which is why it's not allowed for the golden gloves even yeah. though it's all about the american dream it's a very american tale it's a yeah. very american movie Isn't it like um, 50 they said uh it's 60 percent a foreign language so okay. it doesn't count yeah there's a freaking american flag on the poster if you look in the background like, yeah. like yeah. it's a very american tale but oh. it's not allowed because it's a foreign movie even though it's an american movie that's ridiculous didn't you like have like a thing saying like like it's done by an American director. It's shot in America. Yep. Yeah, you yeah, had all these facts about it. Yeah, it's an American director shot in America with American actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eighty-two-four is an American production company. Yeah, yeah. The, the company is an American company. It's about it. Literally, the American dream. Like it's it's yeah. American. Uh, it's just it's as, it's as American as apple pie. This is a very American yeah. movie. Yeah, it's a stupid freaking rule. Uh, it's a good movie. I, I recommend this. I think it's one that everyone will just love. I I, I want to agree with you, but I think I the majority of the people I know would probably just look at this, this movie as awful. That's true. Okay. That's a good point. I know people that don't like foreign films, and they're even though it's not a foreign film, it's still foreign in language in yeah. a sense. Like, so I get on, on the one hand, this is a, a two-hour foreign language film about farming. All right? <laughs> you know, good I point. love but I think a lot of my friends are going to look at this and freaking hate it. And that's a sad truth. No, that's a good point. All right. So we can move on to number four here. And this is the last animated film and one that I think everyone is shocked about. But uh, the four of us, we are team onward. I'm a little sad this came fourth. I mean, like, I feel like it should be even higher. <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit higher for Tristan, I guess. Clinton, it's not top ten. You heartless bitch. I love this movie. All right, so I have it at 11. Angie has it at 9, and Tristan has it at 3. Yeah. Easily. Like, this, this is a quick third place for me. Yeah, like, um, I, like I can't explain this anymore. Like, for me, there was a clear top 12. And, like, um, for me, the 12 are the films that I love. Uh, and, and, like, even a little bit below that, I still really like them. But for me, like, I love this film. It's hard for me to really rank it anywhere. The only reason why I don't have it higher it's because I do think the first two thirds are like a little wacky and a little dumb at times and a little like DreamWorksy and whatever. Nothing like the first two thirds are whatever. Like I, they're good, good times. I have fun with it. I don't hate myself when I watch the first two thirds. It's just 
typical Pixar, modern Pixar movies. Like, it's, it's fine. And the reason why this is so high for me and why I am shocked. This is not like a film that people are talking about. People think this is like a bottom of the barrel Pixar. But the yeah, last third. Yeah, this is third, the deserves. No, this is an extremely underrated Pixar film. The last mm-hmm. third of the film is amazing. It is truly amazing. I love it. So yeah. This, well, and honestly, I think even the first two thirds, it really just leaves these little cookie crumbs leading up to that final act. Like it really yeah. just mm-hmm. drops these hints. Like you, you start picking up on things, right? We know, you know, that Barley's never met his father. Ian's never met his father. We know how Barley talks about how he only has two memories with his father, and throughout the film, he tells about those two memories, and we discover he has a third memory of his father, right? You know, throughout this film, it's all leading up to this final conclusion. And when it does, it pays off so sweetly. It's so good, right? And it's not like the first two films weren't fun and entertaining. They were hilarious. It was a joyride. It was like a, a buddy the um, road trip movie, right? And set in, the, in a mythical universe with elves and wizards and stuff. It was hilarious and fun and amazing. I absolutely love this movie. And yeah. a, um, obviously, we give it the credit to serve. It's here at number four on our list. It's incredible. It's, I can't believe it's most, more people don't love this movie. People are viewing it as like a not a subpar Pixar movie. This is as good as Pixar gets. This this is the absolute peak. This is so good. This is probably one of the top five best Pixar movies of all time. Oh wow. Maybe top six. Like it's 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 up there. Top five or six best Pixar movies of all time, in my opinion. Well, I didn't realize Justin um, was like that much higher on it than me. But no, I agree. This is a great film. I guess Justin's on the same page as me, but I've had the opinion that this is the best Pixar film in the last ten years. Like this Oh yeah, it's just that that Best Pixar movie in the past ten years. Yeah, I'm trying to think of movie Pixar movies that have higher than this, and I can only think of like five. So this is probably like number six best Pixar movie of all time. This is number eight what? for me. Uh, for me, this is number, number eight, eight overall. I think it's number six for me, but that's pretty close. Um, yeah, but I'm very high on. It. I like it. It's uh, it's great. I cried both times at the end. I think. Uh, I also think this has a lot to do with the two of us. Uh, it's about brotherhood and just being best friends with your brother and i just think that's a story that i just really connect with yeah that's true we're probably biased you obviously grew up with siblings and a close family so yeah uh, it may be if you're an only child or you don't really know your siblings um this might be a different watch for you i don't know i still feel like this is a, a lesson and a story that anyone can relate to and really connect with yeah yeah i feel um, like this is like if you have a sibling or even just like a really close friend that's like a that's family to you like this should connect to more people i'm surprised it hasn't I, I, I think I people wrote this one off as like Pixar's shitty version of Shrek, which is nowhere near the case. Yeah, right? and uh, I do agree. The animation is uh, like it's 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 pretty low animation wise for Pixar. Like Pixar really has these creative stories and visually creative visual experiences, like Soul, very beautiful. Yeah, visually. the animation probably isn't as strong as Soul, and for sure not as strong as both Walkers. But overall, I think it is the strongest animated movie of the year. Yeah, um, exactly. This is uh, the strongest animated film of the year for me. Even though it's at 11, it's my favorite animated film. I guess. I thought you had Wolfwalkers in top 10. Or am I wrong on that? I had it at 13. Oh, okay, not bad. I knew. I thought you had in top 10. Very close for me. Just the animation's gorgeous of Wolfwalkers. This one, not a big fan of the animation. But yeah, I mean, it's good. The yeah. animation's not bad, but it's exactly what you expect from a, from a modern-day animated movie. Yeah, it's just yeah nothing. this looks like a Pixar animated film with a... Sorry, this looks like a DreamWorks animated film with a Pixar story. That's what yeah, I get from yeah. it. So and I really a solid like cast. It. A solid cast. All right, Andrew, anything it's, you want to add to Onward? 
I really like this one. I do think it's better than Soul. I just like the overall storyline. And yeah, it makes me tear up too. It's just a really sweet storyline. And I don't know. I kind of wish more would have happened at the end. But it's great overall. So we're at the final three. Top three, baby. I thought, I thought this was number three. All right, this is number four. This is number bad. four. Because you said it was too okay. low. You wish it was number three. It should have been number three. All right. Well, it should be number two because y'all didn't put respect on Hamilton. So it uh, I guess, two. I guess. <sighs> All right. Are we, uh, this, is, this is a tough one. Uh, number three, might uh, this is the final controversial one, I think. Because at number three, we have Promising Young Woman. Oh, my oh, God. Wow. And so the score for Promising Young Woman is uh, Andrew has it at number 18. What? Tristan has it at number two. And yeah. I have it at number one. How the hell is 18? Which means Andrea, the woman of this podcast, drained promising young woman from his rightful first place. Yeah, I was hoping. Like, I knew Hamilton wasn't going to come first. I was really hoping it was promising young woman or some sideways possibility of Onward being number one. But I, I, was, I was pulling for this one being number one. I don't know how this isn't number one. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I knew Andrew didn't love it as much as me. I didn't like the ending. I'm sorry. I did not like the ending. I thought it was stupid she killed herself at the end. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Why put yourself in that situation to, like, literally kill yourself at the end? I don't know. I feel like she, like, left so many people in this world. I have no idea. (laughs) I love this film. This is number one for me. And, um... Maybe we should put a little asterisk to it because I just watched this last night. Me too. But no, so, there for me, there's no asterisk. Like right when I watch this, I'm like, that's that's easily the second best yeah. movie of the year. It's Only because the number one was blocked. Um, yeah, uh, I love this film. And so I am worried that might just be recency bias because I just watched it. But I am still on this am- high from Promising Young Woman. Everything about this film I love. I think all the performances are great. I think the story is creative and still really exciting and it touches on real issues we have in real life. I think that the cinematography is gorgeous. I think the colors are gorgeous. I keep going on about colors, but I think a lot of the rooms are so well lit and so beautiful and gorgeous looking. And I think uh, I think the pacing is great. They keep throwing yeah. out new wrinkles and new things to move this story forward and to me everything makes sense the story just works so well in itself and i know andrea hates the ending i loved it uh when she spoiler i guess andrea already said it though uh, when she dies the main character oh shoot um it tore me apart i did not see that coming i thought she was the hero and i heard before watching this movie i heard that the ending is very controversial and it was uh ending that people aren't going to agree with and when she died i got a little nervous and i got terrified i thought that this film was going to end with our lead character dying and the men these guys that did nina wrong and are now doing carrie wrong i thought it was going to end with the message that revenge doesn't solve everything and it was going to end with the men coming out on top and i I really thought this was going to be this controversial ending Um, i'm I'll, i'll tell you right now tristan I cried at that ending when the the, the twist and uh, all these different things started falling out. 
literally, it was it made me so happy. I started fucking crying like a bitch. Uh, I, on a rewatch, that won't be the case. It was just so shocking yeah. to me because I, I didn't really cry here, Quentin. I'm a man. I only cry onward in Troop Zero. I didn't shed a single tear at Problem Scene as a woman. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, I loved it. It was a great ending. I thought in the camera work, uh, that shot of it like sliding over to the necklace of Nina over the ashes, like such great imagery. I loved it. Yeah, no, this movie was phenomenal. And I, I get like it might be recently biased, but like there's no other movie this year, with the exception of Hamilton, of course, <laughs> where right after, right after I watch, I'm like, there you go, that's easily number two. Like, like never this year was there a single movie like that's easily this, like, the best one I've seen. Like, it hasn't happened except for this one. This one was easy for me. Um, I get why Andrea doesn't like it because you can perceive it as not being a happy ending, uh, but this isn't a happy story. It just isn't. And why would she kill herself? What else does she have to live for? She has to live for her family. Her family loves her. They her even like her, her dad her even gives, water there. her dad even gives her that callback. Like, you know, like we love Nina like a daughter, but like we love having you back more. Yeah, I get why it's controversial. The one thing I never got is how did the guy get out of the handcuffs? I just think she didn't attach that second one very strongly. But no, because right when she's attaching it, that one, she goes, man, you attach this one too tight. He says that when she hooks that one up. That's my one thing I never got. That's true. It's, says, it's also like the, uh, it's like stripper handcuffs. So like they didn't seem like the best handcuff quality. I'm not yeah, too sure. I don't know. That's the one thing I didn't get was how did he get out of it? She put them on too tight. And unless they're the ones with the bitch switches, but if they were, why wouldn't he just pull the bitch switches a lot earlier? So they must be the ones that are actual handcuffs with locks. Yeah. That's the one thing I never got. That's the one thing I never got with that. Uh, besides that, I thought this movie was phenomenal. Bo Burnham, I love Bo Burnham. You guys know that. And I thought he was phenomenal in this. They even had Mick Loving in this. And he was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of the guys were guys that we know. Great. Like Schmitty from Schmitty. New Girl. They tackled a really heavy and deep subject. Uh, they managed to do it while making it funny and entertaining, but still carrying it with the weight and grace it deserved. And that's really hard to do. And I, I really enjoyed that. I really loved that. And it ain't tough to watch as a, as a young man watching this movie. You know what I mean? It's obviously about, you know, mm-hmm. the culture surrounding young men and how, how you know, when together they act like animals and stuff and how it's, you know, the inappropriateness of it and stuff. And I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, I, thought it was a really I agree. Movie. Like, as a guy, like, some of those scenes did really make me go, oh, shit. Like, wow, yeah, that's, that's yeah. fucking this, powerful. This should have been number one. Damn you, Andrea. Come on. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I love this film. I was absolutely in love with it. Uh, Bo Burnham, once again, like the nice guy. Like He was this nice guy to her or whatever. And at the end, he still was trying to protect himself over what could have possibly happened to her because something might have, she's gone missing. And instead of doing anything, he's more concerned about his own image and just lets her go missing just like Nina and ends up backfiring on him. So I just thought, the ending was so satisfying. I, I love the ending. I thought that, I know Andrew wasn't a big fan of the ending. I was freaking fists in the air, jumping up and down. Like, what a great ending. I was so happy. Uh, I thought the film's so fast-paced, so much happens, it has so much to tell. The acting's great. The cinematography, the colors, everything. A great movie. Anything else you want to say, Andrew? Anything else you loved? It did have its good points. Like, <laughs> I did love the scene where she went back to each person and did to them what they did to Nina. 
My favorite was the principal, though. Whenever yeah, that was crazy. Daughter, that was insane. I, yeah. That couldn't handle that. That was crazy when yeah. that happened. And that was one of the I first. Yeah, I don't want to wreck it, but that was so good. Yeah, and that was like the very beginning, like near the beginning of the film. So when that scene happened, I just went, "Oh shit, this is what this film's going mm-hmm. into." Like this is crazy. So yeah, yeah, that was that was a wild scene. That was oh. yeah, and she has so many good one liners. Yeah. Yeah, she reveals what happens to her daughter, and she was like, "But you know, you, you want to protect the image of those boys." Yeah, that was crazy. No, I loved it. All right, we're at the top two here. And this one was very close. Uh, it was a difference of one point. So if either of us switched the two movies... Low. Uh, I already regret my decision. I don't know what they are. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. they are either. I'm the trying result to would have been different here. But we have at number two, we have The Sound of Metal. Uh-huh. Yeah, I regret my decision. It should be number one. <laughs> Not, well, uh, Hamilton so. should be number one. But this is this is our first movie. I think we're all three of us put in top ten. I think. Yeah. This movie was so good. Yeah. Um. Well, actually, yeah, I think you might have a point there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first one, first of two. Uh, the top two were in our top ten, and even though Welling's list is total crap, Tristan, these top two were also in his top ten. So. Great. Okay. Um, so, a Sound of Metal. I have it at number two. Andrea has it at number seven, and Tristan has it at number four. And I, I just really like this film. This was one that really shocked me. It's number two for me. It was number one for the longest time until last night. It's just a film that I just, I loved the experience. It was a movie that was a unique experience. It was the best use of sound ever. I thought Quiet Place was one of my favorite films with sound, but this one, bar none, is the best use of sound ever. Uh, I think Riz Ahmed was my favorite actor of the year. I hope he wins, uh, but he won't. Uh, he, I, uh, I'm just going to be happy for his nominee. He's getting nommed. But... He's not going to nom. He's not winning. Yeah. And I think everyone can walk away happy with that. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy with him getting a nom. He's, he's yeah. a new actor, but he was phenomenal in this. For those that don't know, this movie is about a drummer that ends up going deaf and he becomes part of the deaf community and he tries his best to be able to hear again. And so I think the use of sound in this film is incredible. Every time it's a close shot on him, like whenever the camera zooms in on his head, we get to hear through his mind. And it's silence. There's absolutely no noise, no nothing. And then whenever it's a far shot, whenever it's like a long away shot from him, we then get to hear everything. And I think that transition between the two is really effective. I think uh, we start to hear like the buzzing of bees and the wind in the air. And we get to hear like a convenience store door open, like all these little noises that we wouldn't care about in real life. We realize how important those are once we take a step back from the zoom in shot of him. I think the use of sound is crazy good. Yeah, this, this movie is really incredible. The sound is really incredible. Um, there's a couple of scenes in this movie that I thought were just super touching. I really, really enjoyed the scene on the slide when he's sitting on the end of the slide and then there's a death kid at the top of the slide and the death kid starts banging on the slide and he feels the vibrations through it. And so he starts banging on the slide back and the kid puts his ear up to the slide and he plays a drum solo on the slide. And you can tell it's the first time the kid ever heard music before. I thought that scene, no words were ever spoken. But I thought it was super touching that scene. I think that scene was probably my favorite part of the entire movie. I absolutely loved that scene. Uh, my favorite part of the film is the ending. I think... Yeah, that was my second favorite yeah. part. I knew... Yeah. Ah, yeah. I love the, the ending. The very, very ending, right? 
Yeah, so he goes through all this work. He finally pays to get this implant so he can actually hear again. And the implant sucks. You realize that even deaf people, when they have this implants, they can hear it's the terrible. words, but it's so fuzzy and terrible and ugly. And we get to hear this noise that he's hearing, and it's just disgusting. But what makes it powerful is his whole life is music. And his girlfriend of a couple years, he finally gets to hear her play on the piano again. And it's just this gurgled mess. And it's that sad realization to him that he will never actually hear the woman he loves play music again. And that's freaking powerful. And so he walks outside and when he hears all this gurgled mess, he just takes it off. And that was the film ending with him accepting being deaf. And it was just that moment of silence. Yeah, just pure silence. And it just ends with silence. Oh, yeah. I love that part. Yeah, that and the slide part were the absolute two best parts of the movie. Yeah, well, this film had some high highs. I really loved it. Uh, Andrew, you were obviously very high on it with Seven, but I'm I'm not going to lie here. You're the reason why this isn't number one. Uh, Just like Promising Young Woman, you're you're killing us here. Like, me and Quinn both put this above what's ended up going to be number one, right? Like, me and Quinn both put this one. I believe so. I would have to, I don't know for sure. I know for sure I did, and you clearly did. So that's a yes. Yeah. So Andrew's the only one who, who directly put this one below. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah, for, for me, yeah, my one and two, Andrew took them away from me. So uh, obviously, me and her love this film. We've been talking about this for weeks. Uh, so I'm not shocked they have it at seven. It's a, you definitely didn't love it as much as me. Uh, but, but what was your thoughts on this movie? I mean, I didn't think I was gonna like this film at all. Like when you were like, let's watch it. I'm like, this isn't one I was dreading to watch. I didn't want to watch it. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, it's about drumming. And I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> so I don't know. We watched it. And yeah, like you guys are saying, the sounds are great. It's incredible. And, you know, it's really heartbreaking when he actually loses his hearing. Because drumming was his entire life. And then just the whole process he goes through and it's literally incredible. I feel, I feel for people that like can't hear, like it just was like awful. I don't know. I wouldn't, I've never experienced anything like that, but I felt for the guy. But then at the end, at least he realized that, you know, it's okay. Yeah. I was, it's a film about acceptance. He accepts the horrible hand he was dealt it's a powerful film. I remember after this film, uh, that whole night, I just it, I was just listening to all the noises around us outside and stuff, and I was just like appreciating it. Like it was just a film that actually made me reflect on how fucking <laughs> incredible it is that I can actually hear. Like it's just a film that like I think a film that makes you reflect on yourself is a good film. I, I like it, it. Clearly, it hit its mark. Also, I was going to say, the film that got number one deserves it. Oh, you just figured out what it was? Yeah, I figured out what it was. I know um, what it is, and it, I, it both this, the past three all deserve it more. Yeah, no, uh, I am in love with the top three. Great films. Yeah. We can get right onto it if we want here. Yeah. Because at number one here, Sound of Metal, step aside, because at number one, we have Nomadland. Yeah. I regret my choice already. Mm-hmm. Uh, this should be way lower, just so it's not number one. No, that's not. <laughs> uh, I have it at Just, number four. Andrew has it at number two. So you know, Andrew really saving the day here for Queen Frances McDormand, and Tristan has it at number six. So almost all in our top five. Almost. This will never be my top five. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this is obviously a phenomenal movie. Um, you guys go ahead first, though. I guess what you want. Yeah, yeah, Andrew, you go first. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you're the reason why this is number one. Yeah. Uh, Andrew loves this movie. I'm super excited. I love this movie so much, and I really struggled between another round and no bad land for what I wanted to be in my number one spot. Frances McDormand is my favorite actress, so I might have a little bit of bias, but yeah. this is an amazing film. Just her whole entire journey throughout this film and talking to real nomads, like it was so like emotional, like just to see her interacting with all of these people and knowing that their stories are actually true. Once again, true stories. It's true. <laughs> um and yeah, just meeting all these people was insanely awesome. And the cinematography, the shots, everything was so good. I really hope, I believe her name, is her name Chloe, the director of this? Yeah, Chloe Zhao. I seriously think she deserves to win. She's winning. Director. She's winning. That's one of the most slam dunk yeah, like, awards. Yeah. She deserves it so much for like taking the time to make this. And Frances McDormand can literally fit in with any crowd you put her in and she just becomes one with them. You could not even tell she wasn't a nomad. Like she literally like, she's a Hollywood actress, but she pulled this role off like she was actually one. And yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a really great film. I have it at number four. And I really do like this movie, Chloe Zhao deserves best director mm -hmm. uh so far for all the little awards it's won 17 out of the 18 awards she has for won best director? 17 best directors yeah i want to know what won the other one uh know? spike lee won one for defy bloods oh good for him yeah this movie this movie is a movie that's 100 percent carried by the lead uh she was absolutely phenomenal francis mcdormand uh, proves yet again she's one of, if not the very best actress in Hollywood. She absolutely crushed it. This movie completely relies on Francis McDormand and the cinematography. Those are the absolute best parts of the movie. The cinematography was top-notch um, for this film. I felt this has some severe pacing issues, though. I thought it was slow. It was a slow burn for sure. This is not a fast-paced movie at all. It's really, really slow and drags its feet at times. But the performance is so good, and the cinematography is top-notch that – you have to love this movie. It's a really, really good movie. Mostly, almost 100% because of Frances McDormand, though. She's she's so good. And the cinematography is obviously like next to none. Um, very, very good. I do think it's a little slow. Like, it's not a movie that I'm excited to go and rewatch, you know what I mean? Just because of how slow it is. But you got to respect the the absolute outstanding performance that she put on and, and all the effort that went into making this really cool and unique film. That's fair. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a slow burn, mm -hmm. but uh, it's just also just a great experience. Like you feel like you're there with the nomads, just like a Francis is there with the nomads. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, like Andrew said, the fact that Francis McDormand is so easily adaptable to actually living with nomads, like you really feel like she's just living with them. It's great. Uh, I, I thought it was amazing, and even the fact that. Uh, I was shocked at how good the nomads were. I was a little, my biggest issue going in is, well, these people aren't actors, right? Like, how are they going to be able to hold up on a scene, right? 
but I thought they were all just great for the little parts that they were a part of. Uh, Francis really just kind of bounced off of their interactions really well. She's just really fun. I thought it was a great film. Cinematography is gorgeous. It's just a fun, beautifully shot movie. I really liked it. It's a good one. There you go. That's the top 60. Andrea, this is uh, number one. Thanks to you. Is there anything else you want to add to Queen Francis? I agree. One of the best actresses ever. Yeah, she's my favorite. And I'm so pumped. I really hope this film brings her at least some awards. She deserves everything, in my opinion. Yeah, she's leading in a, like, she's won the most Best Actress awards so far. But um, I don't know if the else is just going to give her another one just because she won two years ago. It's so recent. Who else are the, the big contenders? There's Viola Davis for so the to- uh Well, and- the second most, the, the, the second person that's won the most is the lead in Promising Young Woman. Promising Woman? I was hoping that one. Yeah. Um, but it's the Oscar's not going to give that. Two. Yeah. How many has um, she won? Uh, seven? I think McDormand's performance is probably better. I don't know. They're both very, very good. I prefer Promising Woman, of course, as a movie overall. Yeah, but I, I think prefer the movie as a whole, Promising Young Woman. But I, I will say right now, Frances McDormand is the best actress of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Think, <laughs> I, I think she's a phenomenal. She's probably the best actress yeah. in Hollywood right now, if not of all time. Um, like, she cares. No. Like, this is the best film of the year. This is number four for me, uh, number two for Andrew, and six for Tristan. But, like, it's all on Frances' back. Like, Promising Young Woman has great everything but this is all just francis mcdormand being francis mcdormand so i think she's great it's true do you think okay comparing this her role in fargo and three billboards her other two oscar wins well do you, where do you think this ranks oh uh, this is my third favorite of hers like I, the other two are better oh well, how about you andrew are you the same or fargo definitely is her best i don't know it might be maybe a toss-up i don't know between three billboards and this i love this film yeah, for me, uh, Fargo's uh, I, top five performances of all time. Like, I think she's... Really? I always thought she was better in Three Billboards. I, I think I prefer in Fargo. I just think her character in Fargo is just so great. I think I she's amazing in that. I thought she was absolutely... I thought Three Billboards was well, her strongest performance. I thought she was absolutely phenomenal. I yeah, also great. love that I need movie. to re-watch that soon. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Three Billboards? Yeah. I just watched it when we were in the summer. It's a great movie. There you go. That's the top 60 here. There we go. There's the rankings. Nomadland's a... It's a good pick. I'm very hesitant to call it, like, the best movie of the year, only because the pacing problems. And the fact that it's a movie entirely carried by one individual performance rather than an overall phenomenal movie. Well, but in it, the fairness, so, uh, Sound of Metal is carried by one phenomenal performance. Like, I, I don't mind. You no, know, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, I, I love Nomadland. It's number four for me. I have no issue with this one winning. I, I think it's a beautiful film. And yeah, I'm excited that I think we had a solid top few films here. I think it was a solid year. I think this is a good year overall, all things considering. You know, with uh, everything going on in the world, the movies kept us entertained, kept me kept me coming back for more. And, you know, one more. we can't ask for much more than that. All right. Well, that's everything for this podcast. We will see you guys in a year's time when we do the 2021 rankings. Are you coming back for that one, Andrea? We'll see. I did not expect this to be like an eight-hour podcast. All right. Well, have a have a fantastic day, guys. Bye. Bye.